much Did you hang it up? Did you fall off the floor when you lose in the crush? Yeah, such and such, man It's funny how when you out of sight, you be out of mind How a good woman, friends, and money be hard to find I've been on my hustle, stacking paper on the grind In Atlanta, in New York, trying to build a shot Real talk, these days it's hard to stay sober Switching time zone, it's a four-hour layover Fifth out, hot bloodshot, red from the doja I cry hard cause I can't flow in the soda You can tell I'm clever One source for knowledge in the information age. High frequency radio network. Gotta get the cheese like a multiple choice question And all I see is big 
need long ago ain't nothing free So I was off with that feed like a new year it's a revolution, so everyone be crucial I can never break, you will never see me do so Resolution, I will always be on top like revolution Got the life cause I'ma shine bright Pump the music baby, it's a revolution Feel the music baby, it's a resolution Pump the music baby, it's a revolution Rain in the windshield, the wiper blades Got me dazing off and out of space Working out my next chest move I'm holding the game to break through In the meantime, I just grind and pray through Rob and stay true, rather die than shot you Since I was knee high, I shine better than bruise the face And egos are much better than you My flow is clever five, so I can never lose And you know it won't stop Till a brother talking shop In an office with a view And a 30-story drop And a pretty girl or two Saying, man, we take your shoes Clever, welcome to the top Cause I need that gravy Checking the room, making sure nobody's shaded Laying in wait, lurking, waiting to play me Gotta pay the bills, gotta feed the baby If getting in it is a sin, Jesus save me Yeah, yeah You been listening to Long Road Home It's DJ Food, Cannon Music Quickhead Hit me on Twitter, at DJ Food Hit clever, hit clever. Shout out to my nigga Jay, Dirty Studio. This is how I think, blowed out of my mind. Feeling like committing a crime. Get a lot for that. I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime. I'm a self made hustler, top of the line. I'm Representing my mans on the block The chopper working move grams on the block White cedar, fitted cat cock 40 on the waist, 22 on the side Who would have thought shorty grow up to sell rock And finally be the man on his own spot Learn a trick with a glass jar and a pot That turns soft to hard when the water get hot, right? He figured if the past got bigger than one day Grow up and be that nigga So that's what he practiced Daily attitude, get though, fuck you, pay me Pulling up in that big boy truck, hopping out
I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, So L, and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you to The Foundation, where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to correctly apply correct information here at the foundation. First and foremost, I want to say all thanks, praises, honors due to the creator and the ancestors. For without them, we would not be here. I want to say peace to big brother Yusuf L. As always, Hot Frequency Radio Network creator extraordinaire. He is a mentor. He's actually with us tonight. Very honored. But as always, you know, big salute to the big brother Yusuf L. And uh, do want to invite you to check out welcome to the foundation.com. You can definitely jump on the email list. You can find the Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page, if that's your dance. PDF section, invest in your private education. All that counts is your energy and some time. You can make a donation. You can also separately book a consultation all from the same spot. And that's welcome to the foundation.com. I want to say peace to all the live listeners, all the live callers. I want to say peace to you, all the live internet listeners, all the podcast listeners, MP3 listeners, archive listeners, those who can't listen live, but check out the archive. To me, y'all the same as the live listeners. I definitely want to say peace to you. I want to say peace to all the trustees. Salute all those in trustee training. And all those investing in their private education, I also want to say peace to anyone I've done business with in the private, anyone who has sent an email or well wishes or sent a current event, as well as anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. That's my little, you know, my little intro dance for the show. It's pretty much the same every time. Forgive me. I find something that works and I stick with it but uh you know definitely have an exciting show for y'all today i found him i found him yusuf l is in the building this evening he told me to give him some time the man stays working so you know we're gonna get into these current events and we are going to welcome the special guest yusuf l here on the foundation I think it might be the first time Like I've actually asked him to be an actual guest on the show How dare I I am truly ashamed of myself But I do know the brother is busy At all times man He works like Nothing I've ever seen So let's get to this current events First and foremost for everybody that was interested You know all those in the public, U.S. citizens, Harriet Tubman, $20 bill no longer coming in 2020. Mnuchin says, redesign is postponed. This is on CNBC. Just for y'all to know, yeah, ooh, they're going to put Harriet Tubman on the 20. I'm so excited. They finally represent black history. Blah, blah, blah. There's so many things wrong with that statement. The redesign of the $20 bill featuring Harriet Tubman will no longer be unveiled in 2020, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said today. Hot off the press, the unveiling had been timed to coincide with the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which granted women the right to vote. Mnuchin said the design process has been delayed and no new imagery will be unveiled until 2028. 
The primary reason we have looked at redesigning the currency is for counterfeiting issues, Mnuchin said in response to questions by Repayana Presley, who's a Democrat from Massachusetts, during a hearing before the House Financial Services Committee. Based upon this, the $20 bill will now not come out until 2028. The $10 bill and the $50 bill will come out with new features beforehand. Oh, I'm sad. Retail Apocalypse. This is New York Times. The Dress Barn closing all of its 650 stores. Real quick, the parent, um, it's time to close the barn doors. How this stuff starts off. The parent company for the fashion retailer Dress Barn said this week that it will close all of its approximately 650 stores. Gary Muto, man, Gary Muto, the chief executive of Asina Retail Group Incorporated, which also owns Lane Bryant and Taylor and Loft, wrote a letter to customers about the news and thanked them for 57 years of loyalty. 57 years. You know, y'all going to the malls, y'all seeing all these, all these open shops for lease. So much stuff is for lease. If you can't see it, you're not looking. Everything's for lease. A lot of commercial property out there. People trying to do commercial property. You're hurting. Because it's going down. Detroit Free Press is touching on it. Retail store closings. What's really going on? Earlier this week, a center retail group announced that it will close all of its 650 dress barn stores. The company's disclosure brings the total number of announced retail store closings across the country to 7,000 for the year. And it's only May, y'all. 7,000 stores closing. The news follows word of store closings and massive layoffs on the part of other retailers whose brands have become part of America's lexicon. Sears, The Gap, Pier 1 Imports, and Victoria's Secret, to name a few. The ripple effect of these closings is being felt across the country as malls close and retail jobs evaporate. Y'all want to check that out? Retail stores closing. What's really going on? That's on the... Detroit Free Press. That was a good one. Fox Business, China Terrace, Nike, Adidas, among 170 footwear retailers urging Trump to end, quote, catastrophic plan. More than 170 prominent footwear retailers, including industry leaders like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour called Monday. This is a couple days ago for Trump administration to abandon plans to implement further tariffs on apparel manufactured in China. In a letter to the president, the company said the increased tariffs could have a catastrophic impact, quote, for our consumers, our companies, and the American economy as a whole, end quote. As negotiations stalled on a U.S.-China trade deal, the Trump administration last week and earmarked $300 billion in Chinese goods that could be subject to 25% tariffs. On behalf of our hundreds of millions of footwear consumers and hundreds of thousands of employees, we ask that you immediately stop this action to increase their tax burden. The footwear distributors and retailers of America Trade Group said in the letter, Your proposal to add tariffs on all imports from China is asking the American consumer to foot the bill. It is time to bring this trade war to an end. What do you think? You think it's going to work? I don't know. Renewed U.S.-China trade tensions pushed down Wall Street. This is Reuters. Reuters. 
Wall Street's major, major indexes dipped today as inflamed trade tensions between the United States and China weighed on investor sentiment. A day after Washington's temporary easing of curbs against... Man, I heard how to say this. Huawei. Huawei technology company LTD provided respite to U.S. stocks. Reports that the White House could impose restrictions on another Chinese technology company rattled U.S. stocks anew. Media reports today said Trump, the Trump administration was considering sanctions on video surveillance firm Hikvision. Fears for the tit-for-tat tariffs and other retaliatory actions by the United States and China will hamper global growth. Uh, these fears have kept investors on edge, putting the S&P 500 on track to post its first monthly dec- decline since December. Business between the U.S. and China is not going to be what it was two months ago, said Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors in New York. He went on to say they're going to tighten the screws and we're going to tighten the screws. The market is attempting to reset U.S. profit growth expectations in light of that, he said. Okay. Fed's patience on interest rates to last for some time. Basically, the Federal Reserve is saying that they're not going to raise interest rates. Just continue to be patient. You can go back a few months, even last year, and look at what they were talking about doing and how they eased against that. I talk about that a lot, so I'm going to move on. Reuters, U.S. money market assets hit highest in over nine years. Subtract um, over nine, which we'll just say 10, from 2019, and what year are you in? Sounds like a recession. U.S. money market fund assets reached their highest level in more than nine years as investors poured cash into low-risk investments following a flare-up in trade tension between China and the United States. A private report released today showed U.S. money market fund assets increased by $40.67 billion to $3.092 trillion in the week ended May 21st. In a week, marking the highest amount since March 2010, the money fund report said. In a week, $40 billion in a week, man? The move was the biggest single week in increase since December. I'm done, man. Y'all can check that out. U.S. money market assets hit highest in over nine years. That's on Reuters. I got a couple more. Let's do this. Investors seek safety on threat of wider U.S.-China spat. Reuters. Y'all can check that out. Uh, Reuters again. China's rare earth supplies could be vital bargaining chip in U.S. trade war. Okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold up, hold up. I mentioned this r- rare earth metals last week. And I was talking about how they're going to put all these sanctions on, on everything and so on and so forth. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I'm not in the, you know, hey. But I know one thing is that they're not going to put any sanctions on the rare earth minerals. Lo and behold, rare earth minerals are used in a wide range of consumer products from iPhones to electric car motors, as well as military jet engines, satellites, and lasers. Rising tensions between the United States and China have sparked concerns that Beijing could use its dominant position as a supplier of rare earths for leverage in the trade war between the two global economic powers. What are rare earths used in? Rare earths are used in rechargeable batteries for electric and hybrid cars, advanced ceramics, computers, DVD players, wind turbines, catalysts in cars and oil refineries, monitors, televisions, 
lighting, lasers, fiber optics, superconductors, and glass polishing. Several rare earth elements such as neodymium and dysposium okay, are critical to motors used in electric vehicles. So this will change the entire landscape of the United States commercially as far as I'm concerned, which, you know, obviously affects people in their private capacity because most people are heavily dependent on the public. But we're talking about, you know, computers, DVDs, wind turbines, lasers, fiber optics, superconductors. I mean, come on now. Which companies are most dependent on Chinese supplies? Raytheon Company, Lockheed Martin Corp, BAE Systems, PLC, all make sophisticated missiles that use rare rare earth's metals in their guidance systems and sensors. Lockheed and BAE declined to comment. Raytheon did not respond to a request for comment. Apple uses rare earth in its speakers, cameras, and so-called haptic engines that it makes, I'm sorry, that makes its phones vibrate. The company says the elements are not available from traditional recyclers because they are used in such small amounts they cannot be recovered. Since 2010, the government and private industry have built up stockpiles of rare earths and components that use them, according to Eugene Goals, a former senior Pentagon supply chain expert who teaches at the University of Notre Dame. Smart money got into rare earths real early when the stuff started popping off. Mm. Okay, so let me check this out. This is the independent. So this is Europe. The independent.co.uk. Robots take over farms faster than expected through autonomous equipment startups. Pay attention. Robots have taken over farms faster than anyone saw coming. As the first fully autonomous farm equipment is becoming commercially available, meaning machines will be able to completely take over a multitude of tasks. Tractors will drive with no farm in the cab, and specialized equipment will be able to spray, plant, plow, and weed cropland. And it's all happening well before many analysts had predicted, thanks to the small startups in Canada and Australia. While industry leaders Deere and CNH Industrial have not said when they will release similar offerings, Saskatchewan's Dot Technology has already sold some so-called power platforms for fully mechanized spring planting. In Australia, Swarm Farm Robotics is leasing weed-killing robots that can also do tasks like mow and spread. The company has said their machines are smaller and smarter than the gigantic machinery they aim to replace. Sam Bradford, a farm manager at Acturus Downs in Australia, Queensland State, was an early adopter as part of a pilot program for Swarm Farm last year. He used four robots, each about the size of a truck, to kill weeds. In years past, Mr. Bradford had used 120-foot-wide, 16-ton spraying machine that looks like a massive praying mantis. It would blanket the field in chemicals, he said, but the robots were more precise. They distinguished the dull brown color of the farm's paddock from green foliage and targeted chemicals directly at the weeds. It is a task the farm does two to three times a year. Over 20,000 acres with the robots, Mr. Bradford said he can save 80% of his chemical cost. I'm telling you, the cost is going to kill jobs, how they save these costs. I'm telling you, y'all need to check into these fleets, how truck drivers, if you drive a truck, y'all need to be paying attention to these autonomous fleets. They're making them. One truck is going to have a driver or an operator. It's not even going to be a driver. It's going to be an operator now. You'll be operating all the equipment. And... There's going to be four or five trucks behind it attached 
um, via either wireless connection, via Bluetooth, but more than likely some sort of Wi-Fi connection. It's going to be five, six trucks with one operator. Imagine that. And last but not least, Reuters, meet Digit, the walking robot for Ford self-driving vans. Ford Motor Company said today it was partnering with walking robots maker Agility Robotics as it designs a planned fleet of self-driving delivery vans that will drop packages at the doorstep of people's homes. And y'all got to look at this. this. This robot looks weird. They're going to be walking up your steps. The United States' second largest car maker has been moving steadily on the development of full-service autonomous driving vans, which it could potentially license out to companies ranging, ranging from Domino's Pizza to Lyft or Target. It launched a self-driving pilot with delivering partners, including Domino's in Miami last year, and it said it was working on the best way to integrate Agility's two-legged robot Digit into future vans. Digit is capable of lifting packages that weigh up to 40 pounds. It can walk up and even terrain while maintaining its balance after being bumped, Ford said. It's not always convenient for people to leave their homes to retrieve deliveries, Ken Washington, Ford's chief technology officer, said. If we can free people up from focus, I'm sorry, to focus less on the logistics of making deliveries, they can turn their time and effort to things that really need their attention. Talking, look at how they're going to free you up. I mean, lo- notice the language, how they're implementing this stuff, man. Ooh, it's going to free you. It's going to help. It's gonna, you're going to save costs. After Ford bought Argo AI, a Pittsburgh-based self-driving startup in 2017, the company has taken aim at providing autonomous vehicle service to multiple partners who, in turn, would offer it to their customers under their own brand names. A Lyft customer, for instance, could schedule a ride from Lyft from a Lyft mobile app phone, I'm sorry, phone app, and a Ford self-driving vehicle. <laughs> Telling you, man. But with spiraling development, and look, check this out, Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, you think, especially those of y'all who know the city and don't follow the maps, do you think that the routes that you take that are faster, that those aren't being recorded? You think, what do you think? These days, man, I swear, Lyft and Uber, they're using these, 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 these GPS things to track the best routes and, and proof them and see how many accidents there are, so on and so forth. Man, humans are laying the way. Man, Lyft drivers, y'all are laying the way for this AI stuff. I'm telling you, man, I bet you people are like, I never thought about it like that. Think about it like that. Um, but with the spiraling development costs for autonomous cars in recent years, the company and other car makers have sought alliances and outside investors. Ford has been in talks with Germany's Volkswagen for an investment in Argo unit, potentially saving billions in development costs. It's coming it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I ain't trying to be, you know, one of those people who, you know, oh, the sky is falling. Because, I mean, I don't really look at it like that. How I would look at it is if we have the proper information, we will make the proper decisions. It is the most important right now to get in the position to where you, you know, set up some sort of family business, you set up your private estate, and you get ready for what's coming. Because there's going to be massive layoffs. Um, they already moved um, retirement uh, responsibility off of the corporations and into the stock market. So all they got to do is, you know, let the stock market stock market fall, and they can just blame, hey, the stock market, the economy. That's why you don't have any, you know, retirement. And um, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, things that that can happen in this, you know, in this this system. Now, nothing's happening technically. 
technically we're not necessarily feeling what's going on. Of course, you know, interest rates are rising. Um, you know, um, the housing sector is starting to feel the pinch. There's a lot of uh, available houses for, you know, certain type of price ranges, and there's nothing for, you know, lower, more modest price ranges. There's a lot of stuff going on. But either way, I, I still understand that there's still time for us to get in a situation where we can, you know, at not if not prevent any, you know, um, adverse effects to ourselves and our family, we can at least lighten the blows, you know, of what's coming. And, you know, if you look at historical trends and so on and so forth, there's always been some sort of depression or recession, whether or not you remember it whether or not your parents remember it, but I know everybody remembers in this last recession, you either know someone or someone or have heard of someone who lost everything, everything lost half their, you know, retirement because it was in stocks diversified and, you know, these different, you know, paper assets that, you know, the value was based on the value of the dollar, which is too bad to be, you know, really depending on something like that. You know someone who lost everything. You do. You do. Or it was you. So maybe maybe the, the you know the excrement isn't hitting the fan at the moment. But you know eventually something's gonna pop. And you know, I do this show and I know, you know, we are here on high frequency just, you know, for those who can hear and those who, you know, can 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 do something with it, do something with it. Um, if you if you have been affected recently by you know, uh, a layoff or cutting hours or something, then you're feeling it immediately. If you've been in the credit markets, maybe you're you know helping people get credit. You were you know playing the credit game. You were churning or whatever you were doing. You're noticing that you know um, these uh, credit are beginning to extend less and less. You're noticing these things. You know you're noticing. Um, these stores that are closing down, you're noticing these things. Um, hopefully, you know, you're paying attention. Hopefully you're paying attention and there's something that there's things that you can do about it. And definitely, you know, the foundation, that's what this, you know, this, this show is all about. Hands down, point blank is to provide information and reestablish the foundation of our, you know, knowledge specifically with com- commerce so that we can make proper proper decisions in the future and, you know, re reestablish our private estates for obviously the benefit of those that will come after us and stop starting over every single generation when it comes to wealth and stop making, you know, um, decisions that are not in our family's best interest and that are not in our own personal best interest. So with that being said, I want to welcome y'all to the foundation, man. Appreciate it. I'm I'm real excited to have this guest, man. Peace. Um, it's been an honor, family. I would like to welcome you, Savell. Peace, family. How you doing, man? Good, man. What's going on? Peace, God. What's hey, hey, peace, peace, God. I found him, y'all. Look, y'all hear? That's him. That's Jesus, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I found him. I, I, I found him. I'm coming in clear, you know, because I called. You know, I, I'm using the Google line, you know. I was just testing it. Is it clear? Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear. 
I'm coming in clear right, too. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. What's been right, going on? Hey, man, that was a good intro, man. I was um listening to you talking about the robots. You know, that's been a area of interest of mine lately is the artificial intelligence, the AI. And um, hey, man. Uh, you know, they made um uh, AI was the first citizen. Uh, they made him an yeah. official citizen of Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that female AI. Forgot I what her that. name is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's like I was watching some stuff. It's like in the, about, about tw- t- uh, 2028, AI is going to be everywhere. You know, they're, and they're going to be very, very human-like. Very, very yeah. human-like. People are going to be having relationships with them. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, name is Sophia. Name. Yep. Yeah, Sophia. Looking weird. Crazy, man. I'm gonna put the link in the chat so they can uh they didn't change the chat up, man. The chat is yes, like Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty nice though. It looks pretty nice though. Yeah, I put the chat in there. Hopefully I'll see that. I don't know if y'all see it or not, but hey. I put it in there. But uh what's going on, man? What we got today? Hey, so really calling in. Hey, I see people calling in. Yeah, this boy is crazy. I have to be honest. I ain't never seen the board like this when I do my show. Just me. This is all. (laughs) This is all you. This is, you know, the big brother in the house. I do want to say first and foremost, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, you know, I know you're busy. You know, you got stuff going on, and you know. For, I appreciate you and I want to thank you in public for you know allowing me to do the foundation on the show and you've allowed me to do it unhindered and you know you've been a great you know a great I call you a label owner you're the owner of the label you know what I'm saying so I want to say, so <laughs> no you. man you know I want to appreciate you for you know putting out some uh, you know some very good content um, you know I don't know if people really understand the value of the information that you put out um, you know things that I don't know and uh you know, and we've had a t- chance to sit down and talk, you know, at my house and everything. And, you know, and I, I respect I respect your your knowledge. So, you know, um, you know, it's just not me. It's both our duty, you know, to give to the public, you know, information and everything and uh, and some quality information. And that's definitely something that you possess. So I want to thank you publicly uh, for, you know, your contribution uh, to this network. And I appreciate it. Oh man, very humble and, and appreciative. Thank you, thank you very much. So yeah, let's get uh, let's get into it, man. So basically, you know, I just want to interview the brothers. So I got a I got a few questions for you, man. Right. You don't have to get real personal okay. if you don't want to, you know. Right. Um, but you know, I know you' ready for it. You good? You got this. So I guess the first thing I want to ask, and you can be as um, as open or as closed about this as you want. You know, whatever. We in the public. Mm-hmm. Right now, so, um, but I do okay. want to ask, like, okay, so how did you, how did you come into this, what we call knowledge, you know, how did you come into this knowledge? Which <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah, that's a good you, question. Yeah, that was a yeah, good question. A question. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning. You know, um, I caught a federal case in 1998, and um, around that time, uh, I had some friends of mine that were, uh, you know, they, they, back then everybody was talking about the fringe on the flag. And mm-hmm. I was like, fringe on the flag? You know, I was like, uh, what about the fringe on the flag? Man, something about that fringe on the flag, you know? 
And then somebody say, man, I, can, I know somebody can help you get out of this cage and everything. I'm like, man, you crazy. What are you talking about, man? I, you know, and uh, they were trying to charge me and all this kind of stuff. And I, I didn't, um, but I didn't know any of that. And uh, that was my first, um, I would say, uh, you know, whiff that something was amiss. But I really mm-hmm. didn't give it much, uh, much attention. It was actually a very close friend of mine who was telling me all this. And um, and there's something to say about respecting the intelligence of the people who come to you because, you know, um, I remember in the uh, in the uh, Quran Circle Seven, I can't remember if it's the Aquarian Gospels or the Quran Circle Seven, but uh, you know, Jesus went through these seven tests, and you know, one of the final tests was that he got wisdom from a from a child, and um, you know, I always remember that that you can get wisdom from anywhere. And so, you know, these guys were telling me this stuff. And um, so that was the first time. The next time it was a a friend of mine. He may even be listening to the show now. Um, You know, he came to me with a book, Cracking the Code, third edition. And uh, he handed it to me. And uh, he had, you know, he had a lot of respect. He felt like, you know, I was an intelligent brother. And he handed to me the book. He said, man, look, with your memory, if uh, if you learn this book, you'll be a bad dude. And I, I was like, uh, I looked at it, you know, he handed it to me. I I, I kind of flipped through the pages, you know, looking at it. And I saw all these UCC1 forms and law terms. And I, mean, I said, man, what is this, some kind of law book or something? And he said, yeah. He, he, his eyes got big. He said, yeah. And I handed it back to him. I said, man, I ain't got time for this, man. I ain't got time to be looking at this. And uh, that was the second time. And then finally, the third time, that same brother um Later on, I kind of like fell on some hard times, and uh, he helped me out. Yeah, he actually helped me out. And uh, while he we were in each other's presence, he was uh, feeding me all this information. He kept, I mean, that's all he did. That's all he talked about was this information. You need to do your paperwork. You need to get private. You need to uh, protect yourself. You know, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about? Then he had a Black's Law Dictionary. And uh, he said, you need to get you one of these. And I was like, what is this? You know, I'd never seen a law dictionary in my life. That was my first time seeing a law dictionary. And um, then he gave me a whole bunch of stuff to read. You know, uh, they they were telling me stories about what had happened to them in court, um, how the court system wasn't really what it appeared to be. Um, You know, just things like that, you know. And um, then, you know, I had a, a problem with the judicial system and he had get, but prior to that he had given me a whole bunch of stuff to read he gave me um creditors in their bond he gave me law redemption in court and he gave me a whole bunch of other stuff too you know i don't even remember everything that he gave me but it was like it was a stack of stuff probably about almost a foot high that's how much this stuff he gave me and he said you need to read all of this and i took it home and i just i left it on my dresser never picked it up or read it or anything I just felt like it was kind of like too complicated. You know, I just wouldn't, I just didn't want to just read it, you know. Probably what a lot of people out there do, they don't, you know, they just feel like they look at it and they just think, oh man, it's just too complicated, you know. But then when I got arrested, I got arrested and I remember I went, you know, I I had an attorney come visit me and uh, I was asking him when I was going to get a bond. And he he, he kind of laughed at me. He said he said uh, he said look they do different things differently in this county. 
And I was like, what? I said, what are you talking about, man? I said, we, I know I got constitutional rights. You know, he kind of looked around, made sure nobody was listening. He said, let, let me tell you something. The Constitution don't mean shit. And uh, when he said that to me, I just kind of like was in shock. And I remember I went back to my cell. And I went straight to the phone. I called my uh, homeboy. I told him, I said, say, man, you know all that paperwork you gave me? He said, you got copies of it? I said, yeah. I said, send it to me. So the first thing he sent me was creditors and their bonds. And I sat down, and that's why I'm always talking about it, because I believe that document is probably has the best insight out of any of the document that I've read. And um, I've done everything in it that it said, and it taught me a lot. But um, I um, I started reading it, and I, I just had, for some reason, when I just sat down and started reading it with attention, I just instantly started to understand it. There were some things I didn't understand, but a lot of things I did, and it, and it started me on my journey. And um, when I read it that first time, it was a lot of stuff in there I didn't understand, a lot of words and stuff. But I put it to the side, and I, and I just made a promise to myself. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but all I know is that I'm not going to waste my time, and I'm not going to be afraid. Because I saw what fear did to me once before, and I understood how guys waste their time. So I was going to commit, and I and I felt like that, the only weapon that I had at my disposal was my mind. And I had to have faith in my intelligence in my mind. I said, I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to be afraid. Those are the only two things I promised myself. And I started and I started, you know, I, I first six weeks, I just looked up words. I, you know, I started making like flashcards of words uh, because I knew it was a language that I had to learn. And I was running, encountering so many words. I didn't know the definition of, and I said, look, you know, I'm going to have to start, you know, committing a lot of these words to memory. So I won't have to stop so much while I'm reading. And so I started studying the words and start getting that down. Every morning I would wake up, I would have, um, you know, I took some notebook paper and made them into like flashcards. And I'd write the word on the front, the definition on the back. And in the morning, I would just go through them. And at night, I'd go through them before I go to bed. I did that every day. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I just naturally started memorizing the words and um then it slowly progressed from there you know i was in in jail so a lot of guys you know wanted to know what i was doing so uh hey man you you some kind of lawyer can you help me with my case and uh that turned into me starting to go to the law library started studying statutes and that commenced me and started reading case law learning how to look up cases uh, you know, nothing that had to do, anything even to do with secured party, but just learning law. I have to help. I have a lot of people get out of jail, as a matter of fact. And um, uh, I just got good. You know, I just got good with it. But I did it every day, just every day, just every day, every day, every day, all day, every day. You know, I might take some time, play some cards or something like that, uh, bullshit a little bit, watch a game on television or something like that. But for the most part, I was just reading every day. And um. Uh, a lot of stuff I didn't have access to, uh, but as they moved me around, I started meeting different people who had knowledge, and uh, I eventually met an old man, and that old man who taught me public and private, um, I did the video on YouTube about it and told me what books to go study, and when I started studying those books, that's when it really started elevating my knowledge. I started reading a lot of American jurisprudence. I started studying uh, admiralty. Um, I started studying administrative law. Um, I started studying um, a lot of different things, UCC, 
It, and it takes time to, uh, to to know the stuff. I mean, I don't care how intelligent you are, it's still going to take you time. It's such a, a massive amount of information. And um, I, and then what I really started to understand, I started studying a lot of the, um, in the back of the Black's Law Dictionary, are the, uh, uh, the maxims of law. I would read those a lot. And um, I started also start studying my, my, my grammar because I understood that grammar was a form of language and law. And I had to go tighten back up on that. And um, that's about it. You know, it's kind of like that's the cliff note of, you know, my story. But uh, essentially that embodies, you know, how I, you know, came into all this and started studying. I never was my intention to get on the radio or anything like that. Uh, I got ended up getting on the radio uh, I used to listen to uh, a lady named Don Nicoleon, uh, and uh, she's on Blog Talk. She's still on Blog Talk. Made me listening now. Uh, I was just I used to just listen. You know, she had Doctor Malachi York. We were associated with Doctor Malachi York, and and I just liked her fire and her spirit and uh, and her intelligence. And I used to listen. I listened to her for about three months straight and um I, i'd be working and i'd just turn her on and just listen to her while i was working and then one day they began to talk about the ucc and uh and i was listening to them and i was like you know it doesn't i say well you know i know about that subject and you know it just didn't seem like anybody was uh know what they was talking about so i called in i was kind of nervous to call in because she's the kind of person that clown you you know if you don't know what you're talking about and uh i called into the show and um uh, they start, you know, I, I didn't know how, you know, when you do, when you're by yourself, you really don't know how much, you know, uh, until people start asking you questions. And when they start asking you questions, you know, at first I was kind of nervous. I was like, okay, what if I'm not going to be able to answer the question they asked me? And, uh, they, the, but the questions they they were asking were easy and I got more comfortable with it. And then I came back the next day and did another show. And, um, after that, um, I started looking at blog talk. I said, man, you know what? I enjoy doing that. I said, uh, that was kind of fun. I said, uh, <laughs> so I started looking <laughs> at blog talk and uh, I said, well, maybe I should do my own show. And uh, I, I thought about it because he kept eating at me. Do your own show, do your own show. And uh, Paul, uh, Paul Savage Ale was a friend of mine. We had worked together in Atlanta. He called me one day. He said, hey, man, I miss talking to you, man. He said, we used to talk all the time. You know, he went back to Philadelphia. I was in Atlanta. And he said, I mean, I, no, I was in Los Angeles. And he was in Philadelphia. He said, come on. He said, man, I miss talking to you. I said, you know what, man? I said, tell you what. Let's talk on the phone. But let's talk on the phone like we talk on the phone over the air. I'm thinking about putting together a show. I want you to be my co-host. And oh, he said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah. And so we did our first show. First show, we had about 15 listeners. And, um... But every day and every month, it was more and more people listening to us. And I felt like it would be because I, cause in my mind, because I came in talking about the criminal justice system. It wasn't about discharging debt. It wasn't about um, uh, trying to get free shit, access some TDA account or nothing like that. It was the criminal justice system because I felt like, you know, a third of brothers been locked up. So I felt like I would have a good um, audience you know, talking about that subject. I said, man, shit, if people going to listen to me, I talk about this. Everybody tired of this, this crap they doing. And uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I, I show group for every month for two years straight. Every wow. month for two years straight. 
And that's what kept me going because I was like, damn, how big is this thing going to get? You know, I was just every month it was more and more people. And I was like, wow, for two years straight. So, you know, and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, and that's basically it. Like I said, that's the cliff notes of it. That's how I got to the point that I'm at now. Now I'm kind of like really enjoying making videos. You know, I taught myself how to video edit because I feel like the videos allows me to convey what I'm trying to tell people with more imagery along with the words, as well as the fact that, you know, um, with the information that we put out, there aren't any audio books on it. You know, you got audio books on a lot of stuff. And I said, well, you know, why don't we make some audio books out of these documents? There's some real good documents. You know, there's no need for me to sit down and write a book on all of this. There have been some very good people, intelligent people that have written a lot on these subjects and everything. Why don't we just use that and make some audio books out of it? And um, uh, that was an idea of mine. And, you know, and it, that turned out to be very successful as well. Uh, just, you know, on YouTube. So, the YouTube is like what well, I kind of got a passion for now. And then I started SBC University, of course, and that was to uh, try to put together something to try to get people away from just trying to just do paperwork all the time to make them try to understand what it is that they're doing because that is what is really important because um, you're going to have to contend with a lot of naysayers. And the naysayers and everything are ignorant. A lot of them, you know, you got people who think they're intelligent they're not. Um, and then you got people who are just intentionally try to be deceptive. Um, and when this thing is very easy to me, it's very easy. It's only four jurisdictions, common law, equity, admiralty, and maritime. Okay. And you have separation of powers, article one and article two and article three. I mean, it's easy, it's easy for me to see. I don't even see why people would even debate it, but people do. And that's why I tell them, I, you don't, you're not very intelligent. You don't know this subject matter very well. You know, I know I'll piss people off with that, but you already know my attitude about it. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care. I, have time. I don't care. You know, because this, I've been doing this 15 years. I'm not going to let nobody shit on everything I went through, especially individuals that ain't been locked up. You know, you got people going to come to you. They ain't been locked up. They ain't been in no situation. They come to you talking to you about traffic tickets and shit like that. And talking about they got some kind of remedy and everything. I looked at them sideways. I said, man, I done been in those dun- I done been in those dungeons, and there's people locked up in there ten times more intelligent than you. Get the fuck out of here. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. Man, I mean, <laughs> but that's how a I lot feel of people. about it. You know, you know, I've been deep into this, and it's like it's a lot of stuff I don't even talk about over there. Tell you the truth, but I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you know, know, you know what's up. You know what's up. But anyway. I hope that kind of, you know, covers it. If you have anything else, you know, you can ask me something else. You know, it's cool. Nah, that that pretty much covered it. I just really wanted to, you know, get get you know, um, people familiar with your trajectory. I know a lot of people call in, and most time when you hear Yusuf talking, he's either uh, discussing, you know, something with regards to education, or he's answering someone's question. I, you know, there's very, I feel like there's very few people that call in, you know, just want to get to know Yusuf. So we get to know Yusuf right now. Here on the Foundation on High Frequency Radio Network. Um, so well, I guess. You uh, you, well, let me ask you a question. What you think about me? You've been to my. You've been to my house. You know, I've been you know, several times. We've yeah, we've, several we've done, times. Uh, we've done events together several times. Yes, um, yeah. I've worked with the brother. We friends. I consider you a friend. Um, I tell people you're the uncle that you're the cool uncle that I never had. Um, but you're definitely the big brother. I think, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, this, 
if I was ever to be like one of those cats that um, be starstruck or something, you know, this would definitely be one of them situations. I definitely have a lot of respect for you. And I have a lot of respect for the knowledge that you've acquired. But the most respect I have for you is your charitable nature. And I don't think, you know, people um, acknowledge it enough. And I don't feel like people see that um, you're a very charitable person. You have a he, um, you have a very big heart, and you're just trying to help people. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that drew me to the network was how much that you're trying to help people. Plus, you're a very knowledgeable brother. You admit when you're wrong. You do your research, and you know you learn from your mistakes. And um, you know, and if you have to, you know, you'll cuss a motherfucker out. You'll cut up. You know, I think <laughs> there's a lot of you know. Overall, you were a good dude. You know, um, I'm kind of old school, so back in the day, we would we would call you. You know, we said the brother's thorough. You know, you you a thorough brother, and I, I do respect you. There's very few real I, brothers I, that you can count on their word, and they do what they say, and they say what they mean, and they don't have a bunch of fucking excuses and all that. It's very few people that I deal with on this planet. That you know, move in the way that Yusuf L moves, and I respect it. Anytime you come across it, you you honor it and you nurture that shit. So you know that's how I feel about you. And I you know I respect your grind. I respect where you came from. I respect that you know, you know they was trying to throw you years at you, and you you freed yourself. And I think you you know, one of your best um, things that you say is that. Um, you can't depend on nobody to free you. You have to free yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest things that people need to get across and they need to understand. And you provide the means for people to learn. And, you know, I hope, you know, to, let me, let me, you know, go ahead. Let me give you some background on, you said some, you know, it's like why I do the charitableness and what it is, is, is that, um, man, you know, I had to come to a realization that, you know, when I first started this, I was doing what everybody else was doing, paperwork for people, helping them fill out SBC package. You know, you know, you need to sell it. Here's a secure party predator package, you know, put it together, you know, selling that. And what I noticed is that, man, the only way things going to change is more people know about what's going on. And um, then I had to contend with, um, you know, the anti-sovereigns. I call them anti-sovereigns. Uh, the anti-sovereigns, you know, will try to, you know, make you look stupid. You know, you want those sovereign citizens. And uh, I had to be very thorough. I had to go there and let them know, like, look, man, I read law books. I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, I study principles. I study maxims of law. You know, I study these things, you know, and I'm not saying I know everything. That is a maxim of law. Many men know many things. No man knows everything. That's a maxim of law. That's a maxim. All right, so when somebody steps to me acting like they do know everything and they tell me, well, this is bullshit and I got the remedy, I said, get the fuck out of here, okay? You need to humble yourself, all right, because in this information, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And you should always keep a humble attitude about it. And my whole thing was, my whole goal was to just spread awareness. It wasn't so much teach people remedies. You know, guys came in teaching remedy. What's the remedy? Now I see people, Yusuf L don't have the remedy. Well, a remedy is a right, and rights are created through contracts, and contracts are created through administrative processes. Okay, right. so I understood that, you know. So it's like, well, what's the remedy? What's your remedy? Many different remedies. You know, if you have to locate your remedy, and how you locate your remedy is by educating yourself. And where I got that from 
it was out of uh, the uh, forward of One Man Out, Aaron Coates' book. And it was so beautifully written because he understood the people who do this at a very deep level, they all think the same. They all understand that there's really no such thing as the right way to do a process. People come in and say, you know, I need to understand the right way to do the process. There ain't any right way to do a process. There's only a right way for you. Every process should look different. It shouldn't be cookie cutter. That's the problem. People try to make cookie cutter remedies, and it's like you can't make a cookie cutter remedy. Every remedy is different. It's for you. And the only way that you can make a remedy for you is you have to understand what you're doing. You have to understand what you're doing. So it's like, you know, I, I got away from that a long time ago. You know, if I need to do a process, I do it from scratch. I, you know, I'll sit down and write the letters from scratch, uh, you know, do the administrative process from scratch, you know, just everything from scratch, depending on how it is. And I had a lot of practice with that, helping clients. Um, going, I've been in court. I don't even want to tell you how many times I've been in court. You know, I've been in court so many times. I've been on the news. Um, just a lot of stuff. You know, I've had a lot. I got stories like a lot of people could probably tell. And back then, you know, it wasn't really no YouTube. So, you know, I wasn't putting stuff out, you know, uploading stuff to YouTube or anything. Cause I've been doing this 15 years. Now, you know, you got YouTube and people going into court, taping it. And my whole thing is keep your ass out those courts. You know, the courts, you know, that that's number one thing. Stay honorable and stay in court because you're fighting a dragon. And I'm not saying you can't slay the dragon. You can slay the dragon, but you're fighting a dragon. <laughs> you're fighting a dragon. Do you really want to fight a dragon if you if you don't have to? You know, but if you have to, make sure that you armored up. Uh, you got your Merlin the Magician with you. You got your shield, your Excalibur sword, and whatever else you need. Uh, if you got to go in the dungeon and fight the dragon. If you can avoid fighting the dragon, I would highly suggest that you take that route because the mental dexterity as well as well as the wherewithal to endurance that is needed to go against the dragon a lot of people don't have. A lot of people look for easy stuff, and it's just it's not that easy. And then a lot of people say, well, I went to the court and I said a few words. That happens. That's happened to me. You, you're going to get wins like that that are easy. But let's look at the circumstances. Maybe the judge just did, felt like giving it to you. My very first time in court, the judge gave me a win. Very first time. After that, I started getting my ass kicked a lot. But maybe the judge, judge don't feel like dealing with it today. Maybe the judge doesn't know what he's doing. You know, there's this presumption that all of these people in the public are intelligent. They're not. A lot of, they got, some of them are bumbling fools and idiots in position mm-hmm. as well. They don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, no, so there are a lot of variables and circumstances that can contribute to someone having a, a win or a victory or something like that. And then you do have honest judges who will out there do the right thing. They're not big in number. They're very, very minute number, but they are out there and they do exist. And, you know, it's like, so those are things for people to think about. When you've been in this for a long time, you, you'll come to an understanding and realization of that. And that's kind of a message that's kind of hard to convey to people because, People approach this as if they're looking for, I do A and B and I get C. And right. I have to tell them, it don't work like that. It, it doesn't work like that. I, you're in the wrong bit. You know, I tell them, I say, look, man, you need to go get a job and do what, the, do what the fuck you're told. Keep your head down. Put this shit down and go get your job. Because if you're looking to get some quick money or a quick remedy or something like that, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be running around talking about people cheated you out of money and all this kind of stuff. When 
the responsibility for learning this information is on you because nothing is hidden. Everything you need to know is on the Internet or in books or in law books or something like that. And for you to try to take, try to put blame on somebody for your lack of, you know, your apathetic attitude and your lack of, you know, uh, of going and investigating for yourself, you know, it's just, it's just appalling to me. It is too. And that's why I don't, I don't give anybody any type of, uh, um, mercy on that, I guess I would say. I'm giving, you know, it's like, look, you know, come talking to me. And, I, and that's why I do things kind of like the way I do right now. Because when you go through all I've been through all of that. You know, I've been through all of that with people and everything. And even going to the point where I try to, like, let me try to get something where it doesn't cost the people a lot of money. Hell, $69, you got access to my entire website for an entire month. You can't get what you need in one month. Damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll give you entire month. For sixty nine dollars, you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. you know, but it'll still say something, you know. And that's when I learned I was like, Look, you can't satisfy everybody. But right. that, you know, that you know, when you go through a lot of things, you you will um start to kind of um uh change the way that you do things and so that you can put more responsibility where it belongs on the individual instead of on yourself because they try to put the responsibility on gurus. And it's not the guru's responsibility. The guru is um, the person that has the time to go and do the research for you. Because a lot of y'all don't have time to do it or won't do it or whatever. So we go out and do the research for you. And not all gurus are built the same. Hell, they don't have, some of them don't have good reading skills and uh, good comprehension skills. They come out and bring mm-hmm. out and tell y'all information. A lot of gurus, some of these gurus out there ain't smarter than some of the people who listen and don't know none of this. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like you might be listening to someone who is not as intelligent as you. You got to take that. You got to think about that. And that's why it requires you to do your own investigation. You have to check behind everything everybody says to you. Because I've seen Gene Keating make mistakes. and But I attribute it a lot to his getting older and everything. But, you know, I found mistakes with a lot of other good that I respect. People I respect. And I just honestly think it was just an honest mistake. But, you know, everybody, I'm, I've made mistakes. Hell, I mispronounced Largis. And, boy, everybody, like, you mispronounced Largis. You know, I, I said Largisi. I mean, yeah. I had about 100 people tell me it's not pronounced Largisi. It's pronounced Largis. I said, okay, all right, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. You. That's just, that's just yeah. some people, you know, they... Some people just be waiting for them, you know. You're so smart, I can't wait to correct you type deals. Yeah, um, you know, that's what it be. You know, it's like, he's not perfect, y'all. I mean, I never claim to be perfect, you know what I'm saying? I'm not claiming to be perfect, you know. Right. But I am a person that strives for perfection. Exactly. I and that's, I think that's, that's that's should be a requirement for, you know, anyone who's, you know, on the path, so to speak. Um, I did want to say that... Um, I wanted to ask that question just to illustrate how, you know, you came into the knowledge. There's a lot of, you know, people out here who haven't done their requisite study and, you know, maybe are out here peddling wares or so-called services for, you know, profit or gain more specifically versus from a charitable nature, you know, whereas a workman is worthy of their hire. Um, Yusuf, as you know, well, I can't well, let me speak trust. on that. You know, I, I, will, I will say 
there are a lot of intelligent people in this in this too. You know, I don't want to just say make it seem like everybody I'm the only person smart and everybody else is dumb. There are a lot. I learned from some very intelligent people, and there are a lot of other uh, people out there who are doing some very very good research and uh, have a good understanding. But I'm gonna tell you what I think separates them. It's just like religion. You know, it's like you got Christians, Muslims, and Jews, and all of them think they have the remedy for getting to heaven. But when you go and actually study the books, you find out they all talking about the same thing. So then, so the inability for the religious-minded person not to be able to discern, and you know, through comparative religious study, that they're all talking about the same thing, then that's when you question their intelligence. They say, now I heard somebody saying, I, I did creditors and their bonds. They say, you know, that's a very good video, but it's old, it's old information. And I challenge, I say, show me some new information. You can't show me nothing new. I done read everything. It's all the same. All y'all do is take something old and repackage it and position it as something new. Like this thing, subrogation. I'm like, this ain't nothing new. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They do, you know, they, they, that's what they do. They'll package it and they'll learn something. Some, somebody will go somewhere and learn something and then repackage it and then present it as something new. But the astute observer and the person is very nice. Like, it ain't new. You, try, you, you, you call it, you know, tomato, tomato. You know, and that's all it is. Ain't nothing new. This has been around for over 50 years. And right. nothing is Long. new. The reason I say it's a secure, secure party, because I think it is, I, I just really believe that it is how it's supposed to be done. And that's why they're not right. letting people file UCC1, because they know it, that's how it's supposed to be done. You know, if a UCC1 wasn't nothing, why are they preventing people from filing it? If it's just, if it's just, if this is just a waste of time, or, you know, because, you got to think about it. When I file a UCC-1, the only person name on it is mine. It's my all-caps name and my lower-cap name. Okay, so if this is just some buffoonery, take my money and let it stay there. You getting money, what's the problem? But they on an all-out mission to stop you from filing a UCC-1. That tells you everything you need to know. With an attorney opinion. That's an opinion letter that they hand you. And all that is saying is that the attorney general got my back if you sue me for not filing this. That's what the game is, man. But, you know, anyway, go ahead, man. What, what, what's your next question? I was just going to say law is uh, law is, is equivalent or homogulous to nature. Nature builds on itself. And that's why I said essentially there's nothing new under the sun. So yeah, when you was talking about new information, that's what they knew, man. In my head. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's, new new. it's new you to them. It's new to them. That's what it is. New to them. That's what it is. It's new to them because there's principles behind everything. There's principles. Right. The principles don't never change. It's Which the methodologies that change. So right. if they don't have, if, if what their their remedy is not in line with a principle that has been in existence forever, okay. You know, you came up with a remedy, fine, but it has to be in alignment with this principle. And if it's not in line with this principle, it's some garbage. Right. That's just it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason why I asked, um, how did you come into this knowledge is because I, I guess I just wanted to illustrate, you know, um, a lot of people come into this stuff from a different perspective or a different position. Um, yeah, they do. And um, I came into this knowledge protecting wealth as you know Yusuf Yusuf knows I brought a brand international 
and I was in the south of France, and a Jew told me that I needed to look in the trust. And um, that's how I got into this stuff. And everybody's going to get into it different, but, you, you know, ultimately, if you can do your own research and, and be able to tell your own story, um, I think that would be the best situation. And, uh, you know, obviously for everyone Let me ask you a question. Let me ask yes, you a question. Do everybody know that you were a, a rapper, a signed rapper, that it reached a very high level in music <laughs> overseas and different places like that? Like that, let's get paid Please. clever. You know, that's you. Do, do, do people know that's you rapping on that song and everything? Like people, uh, you know, I put the song on my YouTube page with, uh, for the advertisement for this show. And people say, man, that's a smooth song and everything. I was like, yeah, I love that song and everything. Do people know that's you, you know, I rapping mean, that song? They do now. They, <laughs> they do now. Uh, they know they all know that. You are artists. They don't know you are artists, a successful artist, making money, doing shows. At stadiums <laughs> and things like that, they don't know that. Man, no, you're very humble they, too, man. You ain't, you know, you don't talk about yourself. I'm gonna brag on you. I'm bragging. You know how to do it. I'm bragging on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but that's that's it though. I was overseas and um, I was having a discussion with the guy on a on a on a yacht the size of a fourplex or a sixplex, um, and we came up in conversation that I owned all my intellectual property. He gave me a weird look. He told me, your people are the creators. The Europeans create businesses around what you create. My people own everything. He said, you need to look into trust. He didn't say private trust, statutory trust, none of that stuff. I talked to the first two attorneys. They were like, trust dissolve after 12 years or something. I said, you're trying to play me. You're being racist. The third attorney told me statutory. She qualified it. Mm-hmm. said statutory trust dissolve after 12 years, which made me understand that there was different types of trust, which had me down this rabbit hole because I had funds in different currencies that I wasn't trying to have taxed in the United States. That's how I came to this stuff. Um, but leading into the next question, because I know that I've reached a level of success and I recognize uh, your <coughs> level of success. And um, I respect it. Absolutely. Hands down. Like you got me, you got me, you got me, you outdid me in so many different ways. And like you're an inspiration and stuff. So my next question is, um, what was the most important mind state for you to let go of with regards to you to reach the level of success that you're at right now? You Ooh, say financially, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> you had some good questions. Um, the need to the need to be confrontational. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I had this comp when I first got into this, I had a real, very, very confrontational attitude. And I was, mm-hmm. uh, I remember a judge, a judge called me a loose cannon. He said it was, you know, I was a loose cannon um, because I came from a, a position where in fighting for your life, um, when you don't have nothing to lose, that's when you find out a lot of stuff with this information. Most people can't find out a lot of information because they got something to lose. They're afraid to go to jail for a certain amount of time or something. There's some, there's something that they can hold over their head to keep them from going all the way. But when you get to a a situation where, you know, it's like, Hey, y'all trying to give me a hundred years. There's nobody here to help me or anything like that. A plea deal is out of the question, you know, or something like that. And, you know, it, it just, it converted me into, um, how should I say, you know, I tell this story all the time. Like, you know, I, I mean, when I first got my first mental evaluation, I got a mental evaluation too. 
they hold what's called a colloquy in court. And, and what, what a colloquy is, is when the judge engages you in some in-court banter when he's trying to determine your competency, whether or not you're competent enough to understand the, what's happening to you and whether or not, you know, you can assist your attorney with your defense. Uh-huh. And, um, so, you know, he, uh, I, you know, I was, um, I was in the sale and so I was, I was, I was always checking the docket sheet. I would write the clerk, tell her, send me a copy of my docket sheet every week and see what they filed on my case. So I saw that I was coming up for a mental evaluation, you know, and so I said, oh, so I went to the law library, studied everything on a mental evaluation, the code, you know, people were telling me, oh man, you know, they're going to shoot you over drugs. You know, I saw people and they do put undercovers in jail with you. If you don't think when you know this and you're in jail that they're not going to put undercovers in because you don't understand that you are worth a lot of money in jail. And when you start understanding this information, they're going to isolate you. They're going to send undercovers to you to try to uh, dissuade you from coming into court with that. Uh, only, the only people that they see are very strong. If you're very strong, because I had one undercover tell me, tell me straight up. Um, he said, look, he said, you're one in 1,000. He said, you said, a lot of people go in those law libraries and read these books, but you were going there and reading, and you understand what you're reading. I never forget when he told me that. He said, they're not going to let you back into the courtroom. He said, they're not letting you back into the courtroom. And they never did. They never did. And um, the thing is, is that, um, you know, you have to... Um, you have to get to a point where to un- to see the truth, you have to have nothing to lose. And this is why in the Bible, it tells you be faithful and to the point of death. And I should give you the crown of life. You got to stand. This is why they talk about stand on your square. You got to stand on your square and you cannot be shaken. And they're going to throw things at you, you know, like we're going to do this to you, we're going to do that to you. But eventually there will come a point when the threat and the fear tactics don't work that you will start to see fear on their faces. That point, it will come. It may take some time, though. But that point will come if you have the resolve to do that. Sometimes, though, you may not. I've taken pleas where I didn't, you know, want to, I just didn't have time to engage them like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so sometimes you have to do things, you know, other things, you know, it's like, this ain't worth it. You know, pick your battle. You know, uh, but if there is a situation, and that's why when people hear me talk and I say, man, I don't give a damn about your traffic ticket and all that, that's the position where I'm coming from because I know how I came into this. I didn't come into it because of a child support matter, because I got a ticket, got pulled over, and uh, or, uh, you know, something like that. Not, not to put any of that down, but everybody comes into this with a problem. Right. But I just feel like I just feel like the king of problems and all this is the prison industry. And uh, it's like, the, you know, cause I see what they doing, you know, giving dudes 30 to life and, you know, things like that. This is, this is the kind of stuff I was privy to. This is the kind of stuff that I see, you know, for nothing, you know, I've seen how they arrest people and don't have no evidence and hold them in jail for, you know, long amounts of time. And, you know, they just doing things and they try to act like, you know, it's not, a lot of the stuff doesn't get a uh, national attention, so, you know, I just see, and then they try to come on, you know, on the TV and act like they, uh, like they are these pillars of morality and everything, and they ain't nothing but devils. You know, I'm like, y'all ain't no damn, y'all say, and what it is, what you're going to see is, I, I, why I tell people all the time, these are the same people that was lynching people, that was doing all the things that was going on, they still here, they have not gone, they have not changed. What they have done is, they have changed their tactics, because... That Willie Lynch letter, 
okay, that people try to say, that's what people do. They'll say, well, that's a fake letter. Protocols are learned. The other design is fake. Uh, you know, uh, all these all these documents are fake. You can say that, but when you read it, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. So when you look at Willie Lynch, he told him, he said, look, man, this is not efficient, what you're doing. Uh, this is barbaric. Okay, you need to be a little bit more intelligent with your approach. And that's what they did. They're like, you know, y'all, y'all, would, y'all would castrate niggas and hang niggas from trees and shit like that. I mean, that's, this is some caveman-ass shit that you're doing, okay? Right, we don't care about none of that. Let them feed and clothe themselves, okay? Let them be free to move about, have sex with who they want to, and make them work for us. Because at the end of the day, isn't the only thing we care about is power and money? And that is what you see. They got the power and the money. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. But we got the power and the money. And that's the only thing that matters. All this other extracurricular shit that you, uh, you know, plan for doing all this kind of like, look, man, that, you know, nah, that's not efficient. That's not efficient. Okay. They brought in some efficiency. Okay. And that's what you're seeing today. And ain't nothing changed. Prison industrial complex is the new plantation. The 13th Amendment clearly outlines this. It didn't say slavery got eliminated. Slavery got transferred to the prison complex. So now, what do we need to do to put people in slavery? Just write some bullshit laws to make anything illegal, like victimless crimes, and put them in slavery for 10, 20, 30 years. And then in the public, we'll use our media to say, look, this person is a criminal. He deserves what he got. And the sheep buy into it. Hook, line, and sinker. Hey, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just kicking the truth, you know. I'm just telling you what it is. Mm-hmm. You're up and then you, so basically when you really understood what the system was all about, you began to, um, to uh, no longer be confrontational. And that's what you say. Yeah, that's not most... being confrontational. Yeah, that was my. Con- I, was, I was just explaining my confrontational reason. I was confrontational. I was mad. I was angry. So I had to get rid of the anger. Anger is a form of insanity, and everybody has the anger first. You won't. You won't really be proficient at this until you get rid of the anger. The anger. And I had an attorney tell me that. I, I had an attorney visit me. He, uh, he told me straight up, he said, look, he said, we can deal with you as the angry ones we can't uh, deal with. He told me, man, he, listen, man, I'd have people pull off a mask and tell me this is the truth. That's why I always get that analogy of the devil. I say it's like when the devil comes and visits you and, you know, you're the only one in the room with him talking to him. And then when you go out and try to tell other people, hey, I just got through talking to the devil. Of course, people are like, look, man, you know, Yusuf then lost his mind. But the only other people that are going to understand you are the other people who met the devil, too. So they're going to like, call, hey, man, they're going to call you in private and say, hey, man, I heard you. I met him, too. You know, that's what this is like. So, you know, it's, uh, people pull out their masks. He told me straight up. He said, look, you can't use anger. He told me you can't use anger. You got to lose that anger. And I had to sit back. And think about that. You know, I was like, because I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, first of all, 
They think you're stupid. Let me put that out there. They think you're not intelligent enough to understand this. All right, you gotta. That's number one. That's the number one thing. So, you know, in my opinion, I was like, what you don't think I'm intelligent enough to understand is, I, you know, I said, this is child's play. I said, we built the pyramid. I told the undercover, I said, we built the pyramids. This child's play, what y'all doing? Okay, what you trying to do? Y'all trying to stultify us? Y'all trying to make us look stupid? We the gods. All right, you can't make us look stupid. All this Masonic stuff. Everybody was trying to talk about I got Masonic symbols. I'm not no Mason. The Masons and the Illuminati and the, and the Rosicrucians, they got everything from us. I'm not going to mess with a copy. I mess with the original. So stop trying to make me into some Mason. They copy it. They learn it from us. Don't you see all the Egyptian regalia? Go in their temple. I've been in there. Don't give that to me, you know what I'm saying? They try to make us look like we stupid. We're not stupid. We distracted. We being dumbed down. That's to dumb down you to get over on you. They have to make the playing field unequal. And that's what I'm trying to do, reestablish the playing field. Because the playing field is a battlefield of intellect. And if you're not into intellect, you ain't in the game. Very well said. I mean, smart needs smart need to be cool again. Real talk. Okay, so the next question, smart. man. It ain't smart look like it wasn't cool. You know, yeah, that's why people think we're Urkel in the glasses and, and the suspenders you know, and stuff. You smart, you gotta be soft, you know, or some shit like that. That's that's oh stupidity. Mm-hmm. Gangsters, bosses is intelligent and ruthless. <laughs> bosses are intelligent and ruthless. Dudes who sell nickel bags on the corner, they the ones that's dumb and cool. Bosses is intelligent and ruthless. Get it straight. All right, next question. Mm-hmm. Next question. Yeah. I, my next question is kind of in line with the with the first one, but I guess it's it's more of the you know that the obverse is um, what would you say was the most important mindset for you to institute or grab hold of for you to reach your level of success? Um, diligence. Uh, not uh, the, the, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is not passing the word I don't know the meaning of. Mm-hmm. Not passing the word, you know. I, 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 and I got that from I read the Ford of Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, and it just impacted me so hard. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a Scientologist or anything. The only reason I read it. Um, Dr. Malachi York had put in one of his books that L. Ron Hubbard was an extraterrestrial. And I believe it because I read I read Dianetics and Dianetics, the principles in Dianetics are sound. When it talks about the analytical mind and the reactive mind, which is nothing but the subconscious and conscious mind. And basically, you know, he was with Aleister Crowley and they took, like I said, you know, just took all the stuff out of Egypt and stuff like that and then repackaged it and presented it as something new and it's nothing new. He just changed around the words and everything in there. But it's sound. Everything in there is sound. It's, it's the truth. It's sound. And uh, in the, at the forward of it, he was talking about that. The reason that you don't understand something is because there are words in 
the paragraph that you don't know the meaning of. That's why you don't understand something. And I also got something from Master Key with uh, Charles, uh, Charles, uh, uh, Charles was Han L. He uh, he talked about how in learning what uh, you have to understand that how the brain works, how brain cells form. Like when you read something the first time, the reason you may not understand it is because brain cells haven't formed that are receptive to the information. And that's why you got to read it more than once. You got to read something seven times. I like, you know, like somebody shoots basketball or a rapper, you know, to memorize a rap song, you got to say it over and over again. Do you memorize it? You know, so once you begin to understand how memory works, you know, I start exercising my brain like that. You know, I said, why you memorize all that stuff? I memorized it, saying it to myself over and over and over and over again. As I memorized it until the brain cells start forming and then they're receptive to the information. And once you understand that, I actually had an undercover explain that to me. You were talking about how college is not for you. Because I was dissing college. I was like, man, college is a waste of damn time. He said, college ain't for you to, uh, you know, get some knowledge. College is for you to figure out how your brain works. And I understand exactly what he means because, you know, to be an exceptional student in college, you got to study. You got to study. You got to you got to exercise your brain in that way. He says, "Well, they just got us memorizing information." Yeah, that's the point. Learn how your brain works. And learn learn how saying, you can best memorize. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would say that that would be the number one thing. And then the four principles um, that I guide myself by is that. Public and private don't mix. Staying on at all costs. Do not participate in public controversy. Uh, what is it? Public and private. Public and, pri- and there is no money. There isn't any money. Public and private don't mix. Staying on at all costs. And one that people don't really understand is the stay in honor. That's what all the, the uh, people who challenge jurisdiction don't understand. They don't understand that. Everybody who challenged jurisdiction is not is, is, was, is, is what is called dishonorable. But that's why I never got into the challenge jurisdiction thing. And but they want to challenge jurisdiction. That all the people that you see talking about challenging jurisdiction, they don't understand the four principles. All right, so the one principle is stay in honor. You know, you cannot question the public debt. That's the fourteenth amendment. All right. The United States is bankrupt. True enough. All right, you're a private person. All right, the whole point of secure party creditor process is to assist the United States with their bankruptcy, not to challenge them. So also it goes against the principle of nature because anytime you have uh, confrontation, there's friction and you, and whatever you put out comes back to you. So you can't, you know, you're going against nature. You're going against nature. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 25, agree with your adversary while you're on the way to court. And that's the, it's the principle of nature. That's also why you got to understand natural law principles because to go against mm-hmm. natural law means you're insane. You're insane. You're an error. You cannot yep. listen to a person. Anybody yep. who don't know natural law principles can't be a leader. Nope. They cannot be a leader. And they have no business teaching anybody anything. That's just I my agree. opinion. Because, I, mean, I ain't going to say anything, but, you know, just, well, definitely not religion. Definitely not religion. But natural law principles encompass everything. And the law of attraction is a part of natural law. You know, Jesus is discussing it in Mark 11, 22 through 26, when he says, if you tell this mountain to be cast into the ocean and do not doubt it in your heart, 
but believe the things that you have said as if they have happened. That's talking about the now. Right? Nothing shall be impossible for you, you know. So when you understand that, you know, when you understand when you understand the principles, then you can read the religious text and you can see that Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and a lot of other patriarchs and a lot of religions were telling you the same thing. But the people don't understand that because they worship the individual. They don't really listen to the message and they, they don't understand the principles behind the messages. So that's why they don't yeah, that's why they are warring with each other. Because they think there's self righteousness and they think that they are right. When there's only one truth. There's only one truth and there's only one power. There's not two powers. There's only one. And if you don't believe that, y'all should watch that show Lucifer, which I'm watching right now. I love that show, Lucifer. <laughs> Kind of make you like old Lucifer and everything. I'm like, damn, Lucifer, cool ass dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so I guess this is probably my second to last question. Um, and then we can get into some other things real quick before we end the show. But how important was consistency and dedication to your success? How important? Very important. Very important. I still read every day. There hasn't been a day in 15 years I haven't read something. I'm mm-hmm. doing a whole video on, on the word person and the Tompkins versus uh, the chief of police of, uh, because that particular case, a lot they're saying a lot of uh, sovereigns have misconstrued that case, and that's not, the, that's not the case at all. So I'm making a video on it and reading the case and pointing out the salient characteristics of the case that people need to point attention to. The case starts out talking about the corporation court. It starts out first, the first verse. But the first thing is consistency was very important. You have to be consistent. It's like lifting weights. I mean, if you want a nice looking body, you know, you got mental giants and you got physical giants. If you want to be a mental giant, it requires consistency. You have to read constantly. And to demonstrate that I read is another reason I started making the videos. It's one of the reasons, not the only reason. Because I don't think a lot of people believe that I read documents and I'm saying, okay, you don't believe I read the document? I'll make a video on it. To show you, I read all this shit, and I read all I read all of it more than once. You know, more well, a lot more than once. But a lot, a lot of them documents I read a hundred times. I believe it. I guess um, I just you know I just wanted to to invite you on the show. I wanted to really like you know kind of peel back some layers and really illustrate you know how long you've been doing it. Though most people do. But most people don't see the work that goes into. You no, know, they don't. Uh, the, they don't the know how much work foundation. Is right. They don't know how much work is involved in doing this, and uh, you know, really, I've, I've overextended myself. I'm going to admit that on the air. Um, I didn't really realize how. Uh, a lot of people always tell me, "You don't understand how popular you are." I don't, and but I'm starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, but uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, just biting off more than you can chew. But, you know, that's why I work all the time because, you know, I hate not keeping my word. But it's like once you um, you can begin to look like a tyrant. That's why I never went bad on Brother Polite. A lot of people went uh, bad on Polite. They didn't do X, Y, and Z. I said, man, Polite got so, so damn popular. I know if you don't organize yourself and set yourself up, in a corporation style manner with customer service, with, you know, with, you know, with uh, employees and things like that, you know, you're going to, you're, you, you headed for, you know, it's not going to work. 
And so, you know, you got to understand that, you know, you, you, that's something I had to understand as a business person. Uh, you got to learn how to trust people. You got to learn how to trust people. That's important. Got to learn how to trust people. Success, trusting people is vital to your success. Finding like-minded individuals you can trust. Yes. Great way to segue into a conversation discussing trust. Um, if if y'all don't know, um, if if you are doing any type of um, investigation with regards to any real topic, the best way to ascertain the best information is by reading cases, reading case law. I agree with so, that 100%. Especially with trust. You, yeah, man, Especially you will learn trust. so much. And, and you'll learn a lot by what they don't say. Um, I was going through just because, you know, I'm, I'm way behind on, you know, my, my doing my cases. Like I got a big pile of cases that I need to get to get through um, for the simple fact of it's part of my regiment is the stuff that I need to know. And at the same time, um, I know that I'm kind of going behind other things that I've read where they're quoting certain things that I may or may not um, be able to do the knowledge. So I'm reading this court case from 1935 is Ashworth versus Hague in the States. And I'm really reading it for the validity of trust. But when I'm looking at this, um, it goes into specific details says the Hague and trustee syndicate was created by an agreement and declaration of trust. And it says the date and so on and so forth. Uh, basically, there right. was a suit brought brought against the trust. Um, it says that the the justice goes on to say the trusts of this kind are not common in Virginia, although they are elsewhere in more general use and in many states are regulated by statute. So, in many states, they're saying it's regulated by statute. Um, these trusts are not trust in the narrow sense, but are devices adopted for the conduct of general business, and at times, those things may lawfully be done which no prudent trustee would venture to do. Trustees take the place of directors while those beneficially interested may be liking the stockholders, although this analogy yeah. is by no means perfect. That's now, like I, something straight out of American Jurisprudence Business Trust. You take that out of yeah. American Jurisprudence Business Trust? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm reading actual case. Um, American oh. Jurisprudence, I know those, like American Jurisprudence and Corpus Juris Secundum, if, for those who don't know, those are what is known as secondary sources. Um, they're not right. primary sources. A primary source would actually be, be statutes or actual Supreme Court case law. And even though if you're looking at statutes, you got to look to the case law to see how the statutes are. Well, um, I, I would say like this: I, I might take issue with that because when you read American Jurisprudence and Corpus Juris Secundi, that is case law. Right. When you read, when you, you read, you have to quote. You have to quote the cases that are listed yeah, in yeah, the well, American. You can't, you can't yeah, quote you're American, you're jurisprudence American Jurisprudence page. Yeah, yeah that's right. what I'm saying. So when you're citing the cases, right, right. Yeah. You, when you're citing the case, you have to cite the case. Collection of case law. It's what they yeah. did was they took, they took, they took parts out of case law and made paragraphs out of it. You know, right. That's what's beautiful about it. It's genius. Yeah. It's genius how they did it when you really understand it. But it's all case law. It's all case law. It's all case law. It's all case law, and they cite the cases. But if you're ever, you know, trying to make citations of authority, you know, you learn it. 
if you ever went to law school or something, you learn it early in law school that you must cite, uh, cite the original authority, not a secondary source such as an American jurisprudence or corpus juris secundum or any type of law, you know, paperwork or something like that. But uh, moving forward, it says um, trustees take the place of directors while those beneficially interested may be likened to stockholders, although although this an analogy is by no means perfect. Their object apparently was to obtain for the associates most of the advantages belonging to corporations without the authority of any legislative act and with freedom from restrictions and regulations imposed by law upon corporations. So um, I could definitely go into that and kind of, you know, elaborate on what that means. I know you're very familiar with what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I would like you to, if you don't mind, kind of go in and kind of elaborate on what they're saying. Um, Basically, how well, they're distinguishing all, what, a, a trust from a well, corporation. Yeah. Well, first yeah, of all, there are there are a lot of similarities between uh, a business trust because that's what they're talking about. They're talking about an unincorporated business organization, a private one. Okay. Uh-huh. And they're uh, they're juxtaposing it with a corporation, which are similar similarities. Like the certificate holders are likened to stockholders, and the trustees are, are likened to directors of the corporation. But there are differences. A corporation doesn't die, okay? Right. It perpetually exists. Well, a trust does. Um, the uh, stockholders may have some input in the corporation, all right, whereas the certificate holders don't have any, all right, whatsoever, okay? But, and if they do, what will happen is the whole object of a business trust is not to let it get construed as an association or a partnership. Or a corporation. That's the number one thing you don't want. Okay, yep. if you let it get... And so you have to understand what are the features of an association and a partnership so that you don't taint your business trust with those particular elements and drafting your uh, uh, your uh, indenture agreement, as well as the um, administration of that particular trust. That's what you got. That's primary. Right? Mm-hmm. Not to let it be construed, because if it is construed as an association, then they'll do uh, there's what's called a deficiency. That has to be looked into, and meaning that the taxes, you've been taxed as a private uh, trust. However, you've been operating as an association, which is a different tax bracket, and so they're going to tax you as that. They're going to go back in time, all the years that you've been operating, tax you as an association, add interest uh, penalties, interest and fees associated with that, and possibly bankrupt your particular entity. Mm -hmm. And And look to Pierce... And look to pierce the veil of that entity and come at you privately in your individual capacity and attach to any of your assets personally. They may be able to do that, yes, because it's not a trust. It's not a trust. It's not a trust. That's essentially what they're saying. You don't have a trust. Um, Moving forward, on September 15th, Charles Hagen, Robert Blah Blah Blah, uh, were appointed as receivers, both the syndicate and for the corporation. Creditors of these concerns were enjoined from instituting or prosecuting suits against them, and a commissioner was appointed to make a report for their indebtedness. Sometime later, this suit was dismissed, possibly for want of jurisdiction. I like how they said that. You, you pick up on how they said that? Real quick, I want to jump yeah. into um, where it says, prosecute, I'm sorry, creditors of these concerns were enjoined. The ENJ O-I-N-E-D, coming from Black's Law, 4th edition, and joined. 
Well, when, you know, without reading the whole case, I can only speculate, but that would be a lot of times um, uh, people, when they file suit, they try to attack either the trustees or the trust, and depending on how the indenture agreement is written, you know, trustees are liable. It's a general principle of trust law that trustees are liable. However, a very prudent and uh, erudite person who um, drafts an indenture agreement will put in there that the trustees will not be liable, that you like got to look at to, to the corpus of the trust uh, to satisfy any judgment and so forth. That way, the trustees are not liable as long as they act within the ambit of their delegated authority that is issuing from that particular document, which is the trust indenture agreement. Exactly. And that notice, by the way, y'all, is, quote, notice is hereby given to all persons, companies, or corporations extending credit to, contracting with, or having claims against the trust or the trustees thereof that they must look only to the funds and property of the trust for payment or settlement of any debt, tort, damage, order, judgment, or decree, or any indebtedness which may become payable hereunder, that the trustees, officers, or agents are mere independent contractors and are personally liable when dealing with the trust properties or matters. Just real quick. But um, it did say, real quick, it said that um, the creditors of these concerns were enjoined. And if you don't really know what enjoined means, you'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. But enjoined is actually used in a negative context, and enjoined in Black's law, in this sense, Stop. means means to Forbid. require a person. Yep, injunction. Yep. Yeah. To it's to abstain or desist from some act. So they're the, the right. enjoined. They were to abstain, and then they said this last sentence. I love it. Sometime later, this suit was dismissed, possibly for want of jurisdiction. And a lot of times, if you're operating your trust, your private contractual trust properly, um, the commercial courts are going to, you know, not necessarily have jurisdiction. Um, but once again, like you just said, uh, your mileage may vary because, you know, challenging jurisdiction is technically designed. Well, it comes down to, it comes down, in a situation like that, you probably could, um, you probably could challenge jurisdiction uh, in a situation like that. But it comes down to minimum contact. Um, is there anything that has the trust been tainted? Is there any property in the court in the corpus that is that is within the jurisdiction of the United States? Is are the trustees U.S. citizens? Was mm-hmm. the uh, was the uh, um, uh, settler a U.S. citizen? Are the beneficiaries U.S. citizens? I was um, the income that originated into the trust. Was it did it uh, originate within the U.S. and the United States? Those are the considerations that you have to turn. Uh, that you have to take into consideration to, under, to understand whether or not the United States has jurisdiction or not. Right? The United States can't obtain jurisdiction if they if they can prove some of those elements. But if those elements aren't present, then there is a lack of jurisdiction, and then you can ask for you know a dismissal. Exactly, and that's, I feel like that's what they were pointing out in that one single sentence. And if you knew what to look for, you were understanding what you were reading. I got one final question for you, Yusuf. And then, you know, we can go to the phone lines. We can get up out of here. It's completely up to you. But real quick, we got about 10 minutes left in the broadcast. If you're listening online, you want to call in because we will stream and we'll get cut off. So the yeah, call yeah, numbers... you go, you, yeah, it's going to go an hour longer, but y'all going to have to call in if you listen on the Internet. 424-222-5250. All right, but go ahead, bro. So my last question um, would be, and this might be kind of a, you know, because I have, I have a, you know, an answer that I want to submit as well. But I want to ask you, um, 
What would you tell someone if you could tell them one thing as to the importance of starting a business versus getting a degree and getting a job? <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I would say, you know, you know, I grew up, I, you know, I'm from Oak Cliff in Dallas, Texas. And, um, now at the Carter High School, you know, we had they made a movie about us in case you don't know called Carter High. They also made another movie called Friday Night Lights, which is a lie. You know, they just hate to have they just hate the fact we whooped their ass in the damn state championship. But they still <laughs> salty about that. I'm gonna put that out there, all y'all. Friday Night Lights watches and everything. That was some bullshit, okay? A dollar <laughs> Texas loved us. All right, but um. You know, growing up in Oak Cliff, you know, I, I'm from the hood. And, um, you know, I grew up in a single-parent household, you know, mother, three kids, you know, a house, you know, very small house. And, um, you know, I wasn't taught a lot of things. You know, I wasn't taught a lot of things about business, you know, or anything like that. You know, the whole mantra that was heard, you know, you need to go find a job. You need to go to the military. You need to, uh, you know... It wasn't really much much college talk about college or anything. Nobody had any money to put anybody in college or anything. If you didn't, you know, have an exceptional academic career in high school, you know, you weren't going to go to college, you know, unless somebody's going to pay for it. And uh, a lot of things weren't explained to me. And that college thing about going to college, getting a good education, it kind of started around 19, in the 1970s. Um and they started removing from us, you know, prior to that, we were getting trades, you know, they were even teaching people trades in high school. So when they graduate high school, they'd have a trade and they could make some money, but all that got taken out of high school. And now they, uh, this, this, they're promoting, you know, going to college. And a lot of people don't feel like they can go to college if they become a good athlete or something like that. Um, I think that having a business, whether or not you go to college is important. Uh, you can go to college and still have a business. The internet, okay, it is very easy to establish a business for yourself on the internet. I taught myself how to make a website. Let me tell y'all a little story. You know, I came back to um, to, to to Atlanta from um, Los Angeles. I had a guy make a website for me. He kind of hijacked the website. And I really wasn't, uh, I wasn't making any money or anything, you know, he's kind of holding hot because, you know, he had, he, he's the one that put it together for me. So I didn't want that ever to happen again. So I, um, I was staying in a hotel. I just drove, I drove around the country. I went up, I even went through Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. Took me about two weeks. I went to the, you know, Mount Rushmore. I saw, man, Montana is a very beautiful state. If anybody's listening in Montana, I would say y'all have a beautiful fucking state. Those mountains, I had never seen anything like that in my life. And I would highly suggest that before you die, you should take a road trip around America. Because it is very, it is America the beautiful. It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, when I got back, I, I, I just drove back to Atlanta not knowing what I was going to do. I had a little money in the bank or whatever, and I stayed in a hotel, and, and two weeks in a hotel, I taught myself how to put together a website. You know, I had webinars and things like that, but I didn't have a website. So um, I uh, 
I didn't know how to put together a website, so I watch videos on YouTube. A lot of the stuff that I do, you know, like Adobe Photo, like I'm, I'm very proficient at Adobe Photoshop, and but I still to this day get um, uh, stuff from YouTube, watching how to do things with Adobe. Um, you know, I use a lot of different programs to edit my videos. You know, just things like that. I think that today we live in the we live in a time it is the information age, and everything that you need is on YouTube. YouTube is a university that you can learn so much from to make money. It's not, it's really no excuse. I am, I just sat down. It took me two weeks to learn how to do stay in a hotel for two weeks. And, but when I finished, I made enough money to get me a, a house and uh, do some things. But, you know, a lot of people, I think they think about me, Oh, you just have it so easy and everything. Hell, I started high frequency radio with a laptop and a cell phone and broadcasting from a Starbucks. If you go back and listen to my early shows, you all this noise in the background. That's because I'm in a Starbucks, you know, broadcasting. I didn't have anything. You know, I just, I'm talking over a cell phone and all of this. But I was I was dedicated. Um, I got up every morning at six o'clock on the dot. I um, from six to eight o'clock, I would post links to my show in Facebook. Um, from I did not do my show, and then after I'd answer emails. And I did that for two years straight, religiously, the same way every day, and built up high frequency radio and did everything that I did. So I take, you know, I have um, exception for people who like, you know, like, are oh, you doing this? And I say, man, look, I the work I did, I put into all of this. You know, you weren't around to see it. I could bring people on the show who knew me during that time, and who didn't believe in what I was doing or didn't understand what I was doing or wondering what the hell are you doing. You need to go do this or do or go do that. And um, I just kept with it. And um, having faith in what I believed in, I believe a business in the United States, you either work, you either have a business or you work for someone who has a business. That's just it. Everything in the United States is about business. The tax laws are about business. I, I'm, I don't want to uh, uh, down college because I think there are things in college that you can't go to that you specialize in. But I think everybody should have a business, and you don't need you don't need to have a brick and mortar. You just need to incorporate. Go down to your secretary of state's office, incorporate, get you an LLC or something like that. Understand? I do. I have business credit. My automobiles are in my business. You know, I have business credit cards in my business. You know, just things like yep. my, I don't have my cell phones are not in my name. You know. It just says, you know, I have personal credit cards and business credit cards, you know, but, and I won't say everything, how I do everything, but what I will say is that I truly understand that everything in the public is operating through a commercial entity, which requires you to have either a trust, a corporation, a company, a partnership, association, uh, or something to that effect. I, you need to have a business. I, if you don't have a business or if you've not incorporated, you don't understand the game. You don't understand what you're dealing with. Everybody should have one. I, I don't care if you're in fucking college. If you're in college, your daughter or son should incorporate. Pay that high. If you're in Georgia, pay that hundred dollars. Get them a corporation. And while they're taking classes in college. They should be learning how to build a website. They should be uh, be trying to learn how to drop ship. 
They should be on Alibaba. I don't give a damn whatever it is. But whatever it is, you are handicapping your child if you're telling them to go to school, get a good education, and get a fucking job. Yeah. The AIs are going to take all y'all jobs from y'all. They're going to take all the jobs, they gonna take, man. They're going to take all the jobs, they gonna take, man. They're going to take all the They're going to be stocking AI, shelves. The AIs going to take all y'all jobs. Man, they sweeping floors. They stocking shelves. They about to be making deliveries. They got. They about to be driving the trucks. They about. They got Flippy the burger flipping robot making burgers. I'm telling AI you, man. Taking all artificial, the just artificial and intelligence. And because people don't want to work, people don't want to work. It's like you know, like they. They want to work. They want fifteen dollars an hour to flip burgers. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, like you know, I got a lot of friends who uh, do real estate development and. And when I go out on their sites, everybody working on the site is Mexican. So, and when they take away the Mexicans, and, you know, and I talk to them, they say, what? And, and it ain't just black people. It's not black people. White people don't want to do a lot of that shit. It ain't black. It ain't black. It's black, white, everybody, everybody. The Mexicans will do what everybody else won't do. Everybody else thinks for some reason that they are too good like you know, women they want to go with their tail, no, 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 they toes done, but they think they too good to put their hands out, get their own shop, and sit down and do some feet and some hands and shit like that. You ain't too good to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's the business. Some people going home and got money, they getting paid off of you, and ain't put nothing within your neighborhood. You know, so it's like I just feel like yes, I feel like it's very important for everybody to have a business. And I feel like self-education is more important than college education. Mm-hmm. I think that self-education is more important than college education. People don't self-educate. They will not self-educate themselves. All right? They're too lazy. I'm going to call it what it is, laziness. That's what it is. Oh, we better get ready to go uh, down. Yeah, you know, we need, Yeah, we got about 60 seconds left on the stream. If you want to keep listening to the show, I guess we're going to take some phone calls. But uh, you need to call in if you're listening on the stream. Call the number is 424-222-5250. If you're going to continue listening, if you're not going to continue listening, you can catch the recording after this is over on blogtalkradio.com forward slash high frequency, and you can check us out. But you got about 20, 30 more seconds to call in right now, so get to it. All right, back to those. What you got for me next? What, what you got for me? All right. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that was a, a very uh, – Expansive answer, and I th- I'm pretty sure you know the audience appreciates that. I will say it's very simple for me. Um, you can go to college. I mean, I went to college. I, you know, I went to college, international business and sales and marketing, and you know, I use that that information, that education that I got to, you know, build my own brand. And you know, I did drop out before I got my diploma, so I don't, I don't have not diploma, my my whatever. Uh, my bachelor's degree, I, you know, I didn't finish. I did about a little over three years. Some people be like, why don't you go back and get it? Because I don't need to, bottom line. And um, I don't want to work for someone else's company because then I got to work under someone else's rules. The best thing I would say is, it's cool. Go to school, man. You know, you learn how to learn. You're going to meet people. Um, it's, it's a good thing for networking as far as, like, you know, those people that are going to graduate, get jobs. They might be in, in position to, you know, uh, put you in, put you in there. But ultimately, you can pass down a, a company to your heirs. You can't pass down a job. You know, uh, there there are like a couple of things that I feel. You know, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a little older now, 
And um, there's a couple of things in life that I uh, think they're just the most terrible things that you that happen to you in life. And you know, one of them is if you lose your health. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is if you go to prison. Um, another one is when you get a divorce. And I think the last one is if you have to work a fucking job. I think those like the four. If you can avoid those things, you can have a happy damn life. <laughs> Just my opinion. having to work a job. Having to work a job is not cool, and it never was. I mean, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not, you know, we're not sitting here downplaying those who have jobs. You know, um, but we are oh, hoping. No, I'm not hoping downplaying it. Yeah, but you know, you got it. Like, like I help some some of my friends um, get rid of their jobs, and yep, it's a, it's like getting off crack. You know, that's why mm-hmm. I look at it's like you know, it's like they 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 mindset. It's a total different mindset that you have to adopt, and um, it's getting over fear and a lot of stuff. Like it's a process. Don't think that you're just gonna jump out of a job and get start your own business. I'm not saying that at all. You know, right now if you work in a job, you kind of like on drugs. I kind of look at it like you're on drugs. You know, you think, you know, that the, the, the paycheck is security. That's what you kind of look at it as. And it, really the real security is your mind, your creativity, your ideas, and your ability to implement those ideas. And let me tell you something. If you got an idea that keeps on bothering you, like when I started High Frequency Radio, I didn't start it right off, but it kept, every morning I'd wake up, it would be bothering me. I didn't understand it's like, you need to start your own radio show. I'm like, you know, why does this keep, you know, I, it, I didn't understand. It was just so involuntary. You know, it was just, I wake up, it just be like on my mind, just like, you need to start your own radio show. And I'm like, man, I'm not no radio host. I ain't got no radio host training, anything, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was just, but what, but when that, but when that's happening to you, that is an idea trying to, uh, to be, uh, to be manifested into the world. And, you may not even see how you're going to make money at it, but you need to do it. 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 Definitely. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very important. You can do it. And that's the thing. You can do it. I, I trust that, you know, the questions that I asked, um, the brother, the big brother Yusuf, where, um, in line to expose how much he worked, how hard he worked to get where he is. And, you know, that for us to get to a certain place, we need to not be afraid of work. We need to not be afraid of the word no. We need to not be afraid of failure. But, you know, I always say it, if you grind how most won't, you will be able to live how most can't. And you have to start a job. Hey, I'm going to throw this in there. I think I work way harder than I work at any job, though. Sometimes I'll be sitting back thinking, damn. Is this really like, you know, I like, you know, it's like I think about that hard or what, you know, but you enjoy what you're doing if you're going to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, you're going to work hard, you know, uh, until you get to a point where you can, if you start off with a good foundation, you may not work hard because it actually is think and grow rich, not work hard and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you use your mind more and, and, and it's a process, but. You're going to work hard. I work very, I mean, putting together these videos, I don't know if people really understand a lot of them videos they see on my YouTube. Man, a lot of them videos took two weeks to put together. And, you know, just, it wasn't, it wasn't like no overnight thing. It's like, you know, and then, and then I'll tell you what really be pissing me off. 
You take two weeks to put together a video, do all the research. As soon as you put it up, somebody give you a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> There's always like, those hell, man. man. You didn't watch the video. I just been two weeks putting it together. You know, I, I learned. I had to learn. That's another thing. You got to learn how to have thick skin. Because you could have the cure for death. And somebody's going to say, Human beings aren't meant to live forever. You're the devil. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a hater in the, in the midst. Always a hater in the midst. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is you can do it and don't be afraid of hard work. You know, um, life passes by really fast, y'all. Um, and you, this, this life is fleeting. And before you know it, you're going to be in a position where you can't. Like for real, for every real. second, every so, second you're getting close to the death. Get get in the positions, you know. You only eat an elephant one bite at a time. And I know, you know, this stuff that we're doing, the things that we talk about, you know, the way Yusuf comes off the top of his head with Supreme Court cases, and he'll jump into some United States code, then he'll jump in the Bible. I know it sounds very intimidating and whatnot, but you know, with proper study and diligence, consistency, and dedication. You can, you know, better yourself. And that's really what high frequency is about. It's about helping people better themselves. The reason why I do this, I want to do business with my people. Most people who have money, you know, um, they're of a different, you know, hue. And, you know, I'm looking to do business with my people and not be, the, you know, the token Negro or whatever. And, you know, we all can do it. Not everyone can run their own business, but I believe everyone can start their own business. And if they're diligent enough, they can put the right people in place to run their business. You know what? Let me say this. It ain't even about, to me, um, uh, starting a business just to make money. You can start a business just to get business credit. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Just establish your business credit. You know, you do it for that reason, if anything. Do it to start getting things out of your name. You know, yeah, we talk about you don't have that. To, yeah, yeah no, and they don't necessarily have to be just you know you're going to be you know it's other reasons for doing for incorporating a business other than trying to make money. I don't think but that's what also, people understand. Also. Right, right. It's also a different mind state. If you sit down and think like, hey, I pay this cell phone bill every month, and it doesn't positively affect my personal credit, but if I don't pay it, it negatively affects my personal credit. And if you know that if in a company name, every time you pay the bill. It reports as positive history on the business credit profile. It's the same bill, same phone, more than likely going to be the same mobile phone carrier and the same behavior. You're paying a cell phone bill, but you're you're deriving more benefits because you're doing it in a different structure. And that's really the thing that, you know, I want to push home. And what really Rusev is talking about, he created structure, he created entities, and he changed his life, and he's telling you, you know, buy. You can you can build credit buying toilet paper. You can build build credit buying um, that yeah. uh, that bleach stuff that you turn upside down and spray, and it sprays in your toilet bowl, and it turns it blue, and then you scrub it. The scrub brush that you use to scrub your toilet, you can make you can build business credit off off of that. Um, just changing your the way you think about things is, in my opinion, one of the first things that needs to be done so we can understand that we can do this. And I just want to illustrate that to you. And I'm glad you said, I'm glad you brought up that business credit because so, you know, you can start a business for no reason, just to make money, just to, just to build business credit, just to get things out of your name and do the same things you were doing, but it's more advantageous, advantageous 
because you're in a different types of structure. You're structured differently, and you're getting closer to you know, your structure. You know, we, we probably need to do a show on establishing business credit, you know, just a show just dedicated to that. I think that would be a very good show. You I know, we're talking about establishing business credit. That would be a good show. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, hey, hey, man, let's 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 get some of the callers, man. The board lit up, dog. I mean, you know. I see you. I see you, man. Like, I got Yusuf on the show. I got Yusuf on the show. You want You want to handle it? Go ahead. You want to handle oh, it? Oh, okay. Right. Man, right, I'm, I'm logged in. I'm logged in. Okay. All right, you go give me the wheel. There you go. Oh, I got to give me the wheel. All right. Now you going to handle the music. You're going to give me the wheel. All right. I got to drive. All right. There you go. Uh, I'm going to jump around, though. I'm going to jump around. Let me let me go. Uh, you start right here. Uh, area code 469-5685. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Hey, Jeff, it's an honor to speak with two highly intelligent people. Um, hey, well, I, 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 thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah, peace. I wanted to, I wanted to actually kind of jump on what you said about um, uh, not having to go to college, but I do have a question um, because I don't have a degree. I never pursued one, and I never cared for it. However, I did have the drive to self-educate myself, and I ended up becoming a uh, a, a very well-established wireless network engineer. Unfortunately, I worked for somebody else, and I didn't understand the idea of um, businesses and, and trust until about maybe this year. But um, I've been uh, researching and studying law uh, because through uh, the stuff that you've been talking about and um, the one thing that pops up with me is, do at times, um, do you get to a point where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Is this crazy? Am I crazy? Do you have that? Uh, do you get to a, at a point like that at some times? And, and um, how do you overcome that? Um, you want to yeah, use it? Yeah, you go. Me, no, you, you go. I let you go first, and then I. Me go. personally, when I start thinking like that, I start thinking about my my heirs, those who will come after me. That's where I go. Like, if is what I'm doing crazy? Maybe it's crazy to me, but in in the in the perspective of my family, when in in the, in the perspective of my last name, you know, is it crazy? And a lot of times, it's not. You know, what seems crazy to me. Is, is actually 100% in line for the overall picture of my entire family or the estate that I've established for my family that will be here after I'm gone. So um, I know I know you feel a lot of people get to feeling weird because once you start kind of waking up and getting knowledge and studying law and stuff like that, you start to behave, talk, and think differently than people around you. So yeah. naturally, when you behave, think, and talk differently than people around you, Sometimes, you know, a lot of times they're going to, you know, focus on you, kind of make you feel weird. Hey, stop talking like that. Stop doing it. Most of but they're being uncomfortable. But at the same time, you don't feel that camaraderie or that connection to the people. So you feel kind of alienated. And then you start asking yourself, hey, am I tripping? Am I crazy? Am I, am I doing too much? I think, you know, if your intention, your overall purpose for what you're doing is solid and it's, it's for a good cause and it's noble, um, I think you should go back and revisit your purpose or so-called mission or the constitution of what you're doing. And, um, you know, okay. if it's in, in line, keep going where you're going. Keep moving. Because, you know, these people out here are crazy. Everything, the up is down and down is up. 
This stuff is nuts. The public yeah. is crazy. If you look at it po- properly, and I'd rather be looked at as um, disassociated from the public than assimilated to the public. I'd rather stick out like a sore thumb than you know fit uh, you know fit in. But at the same time, I understand the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So there's a kind of balance that we got to keep. But that's what I would say. You okay. go ahead, man. And, I, and I'm gonna piggyback off what you said because you said a word that you know come to mind is purpose. You know what is your purpose? You know. There are two things, there are two ingredients, main ingredients to success, and that's goal setting and perseverance. And yeah, there are always times, there's a lot of times that um, I, you know, like want to quit or I mean, I'm like, man, these people calling me, you know, I'm like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like I, I on my website, you know, I, I didn't spend money on, on these expensive programs uh, to, the, you know, to sign people up and stuff like that. And they all have bugs and stuff, you know. They start, you know, falling apart and doing things. It's like, then I have to go in and chat. I'm like, man, I want to quit doing. I like, look, people, what are you doing? What happened to my account? Whatever, you know. And I'm like, they blaming me and everything. I'm like, I had to go back. Wait a minute, let me look at it. Let me, you know. And and it gets to a point like, man, I want to quit doing this. This is a fucking headache, you know. But then I remind myself, it's like, look, perseverance. This is your push through, okay? You got to understand that in the universe, the universe is intelligent and it's going to test you. You got to jump over, you got to jump through the hoops uh, before you are rewarded, right? Anything in life worth having is not going to come easy. And I have to remind myself of that. And how I remind myself of that is I get on YouTube and I watch a lot of videos from um, wealthy people. And what I remember this one wealthy guy, he said something that, um, that, it really sticks with me, and he's talking about getting too comfortable. Because sometimes you can start making money and have some sort of semblance of success, and you get too comfortable. And getting comfortable is dangerous. Okay, you can't yeah. get comfortable. Uh, you always got to keep the pressure on yourself and uh, keep going and keep motivated. You know, one of my favorite shows is Billions. You know, and uh, I love you know, a lady show. on there said something uh, real good. She said, "I'm gonna keep making money because the universe keeps expanding." Because, you know, we have, we have in our mind that things are limited, like there's not enough of something. But in, in reality, everything is abundant. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If you come to my house, anybody come to my house, they see I have a lot of plants. And the reason I have plants is I feel like if you can grow a plant, you can grow a business. Because a plant and a business require the same type of attention. You know, you got to water it. You know, I have plants that if you don't water them every day, they're going to start to wilt. And then I got plants that you don't have to water every day. You know, I started paying attention to, like, flowers. They, they have to be pruned. And then I say, man, this is Mother Nature. She's just like a female. She like getting her nails done. You know, women like getting mm-hmm. their nails and feet done. Well, flowers and plants, they like getting their nails and feet done. It's called pruning. You know, the, plant, the flower blooms, and then it'll crumble up. And then you got to prune it so another one will grow in its place. And, you know, all these different things. And I started paying attention to nature. And seeing how nature and business have a, you know, share a lot of things in common. And it, and when you, once you understand that, if you got a goal, because the number one pretty reason that most men are not successful, if you ask them what do they want, they will tell you they don't know. The main reason most people are unsuccessful is because they don't know what they want. You have to, first of all, know what you want. You have to declare it to the universe. And you have to set that goal. And you have to keep it in the forefront of your mind. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that.
Oh shit! Damn, Yusuf Yusuf dropped off the line, y'all. You still there, brother? I am. Okay, good. Yusuf dropped off the line. I'm about to see if I can three way him back in. Cause I mean, once you fall off, luckily you know I I had a little you know backup plan. <laughs> All right, uh, let me see. Which number should I call? Let me do this one. We're trying to get used to back. I'm, I'm calling him right now. I don't think he knows his number. Okay, it's me. I'm going to merge you back in. Can you hear me? It's me. I'm going to merge you back in. All right, hold on one second. I got to find this number. Yeah, yeah, you fell off. Hold on. Because I got to find the number that I called in with. I got him. I'm just trying to murder. I got to find the number. There's so many callers in here, man. Let me push one. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> okay, let me see. Man, I ain't never had these call- this many callers on my show, man. Yeah. This is this is my number for the foundation. Okay, I just pushed one. There you, there you go. go. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. What was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> I mean, you was pretty much just wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I just said, I think the last thing I said was, you know, uh, 90% of the people work for the 10% who don't quit. Ah, uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I, and what you were talking about being, um, complacent um i i um i got to a point where i was i was able to work from home and i got complacent and usually when i get complacent i won't i won't go anywhere or do anything um until uh my job forces me to look for something else and i i don't uh this time i don't want to do that i I actually want to move forward with with not working for somebody else and and you know starting my own thing and that's but but when when I studied law and started to um, kind of comprehend the, the the many things that are confusing, it it kind of brings me back to: Am I really doing the right thing? Is it, is it does it make sense? You know? How does it make but you feel? Okay, your 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 barometer or your compass on if you're doing the right thing or not is how does it make you feel? If it doesn't make your feelings or your compass. If it doesn't feel good, then you're not doing the right thing. I don't do things that don't make me feel good. You know, if it does, if that, you know, I just got to that point. I just refuse to do something that's not making me feel good. So if it's making you feel good, that is your compass, and that's letting you know you're headed in the right direction. Okay. And okay. another thing, I read a book. I read a book that had a very big impact on me. It was called Who Moved My Cheese, and uh, it was about these two mice. And you know what I got from that is that. 
I'm always thinking about the next thing. A lot of people who've done business with me, that's what they always credit me for. Man, you're always thinking about the next thing. Yeah, I'm planning ahead because change is the only thing that doesn't change. Change is a constant, okay? So you have to be um, ready for change, okay? And you better be willing to change. Um, And that is what I'm always ready for is the change. And I'm always looking ahead for that next thing in business. What am I going to do next, okay, after I get through doing with this? And um, and always be a um, an originator. Like, a lot of people look at me, you know, I do this secure party stuff. I don't do it like anybody else. The reason I don't do it like anybody else is because I use my own ideas. You know, I'm not watching other people, number one. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm in my own mind. I'm like, what can I, what can I do? I think this will be good to do. And, you know, I'll just do it, you know, because it's something I'm using my creativity. Because gods create. They don't compete. I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm creating things, you know, that I have a belfry of my own mind. You know, I, I love my mind. I love going into my mind. I love my ideas. Ideas come to you from the uh, mental reservoir. And if you don't use them, they'll go to someone else. So use your ideas and implement them. And do things that make you feel good. If it's not feeling good, okay. stop doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Especially with the the way technology moves so fast and changes. Technology moves very very fast, and you got to keep abreast of what's going on. You got to stay informed. Um, I've I've had a computer since the eighth grade. I've been on the internet since day one when it came out. I watched all the changes that, that it's gone through. I've always been a kind of like a tech savvy person, and um, you know, that's so why I just, I just you know I just stay on top of things and. I will say this. I, I will say that learning how to use Adobe Photoshop has probably made me more money than any other program that I've ever learned how to use. Learn how to use Adobe. And I'll, for all the listeners out there, you have to master. If you want to make money in business, you have to master one thing. Mm-hmm. There's something you have to master. Whether it's Billy, If you want to build websites, okay, but there's something you have to learn how to do. And if you learn how to do that, you will make money, okay? If you're not making money in business because you don't know how to do shit, okay? You have general knowledge. You have to have specialized knowledge, okay? So you have to learn how to do something, okay? And I don't care whatever it is, master something. This is, tra- this is why trades had such a very important part in people's lives because you were, you were teaching yourself how to specialize in something. They took that away from you and gave you generalized knowledge in the form of a, of a college degree, Okay, that really doesn't, and 80% of people out there working ain't even working in a field they got a college degree in, okay, mm-hmm. or getting some general uh, general uh, degree or something like that instead of getting a medical degree or a law degree or, you know, something to that effect. So, you know, learn how to do something, whether it's build a house or just anything, do real estate. When I got into real estate, that was the only thing I studied was real estate. I didn't study anything else. I studied that thing day and night. You know, so just just get into that. Learn how to do something. One, this one thing you ma- you can master more than one thing, but get that first thing out of the way. Have you some sort of specialized knowledge in something? I decided with trust. You know, when I got into trust, I said I didn't study nothing but trust. That's all I studied was just mm-hmm. trust because I understood that that was a a, a field of lo- a lot knowledge, private trust that a lot of people didn't understand, and of course. If a lot of people don't understand it, you're securing for yourself, you know, money. And everybody don't know how to do that, <laughs> you know? 
And then also, (laughs) if you want to make a lot of money, then do things to make a lot of money. Don't expect to make a lot of money and you're going to flip burgers. You know, it's like if you want to make a lot of money, you got to get into a field that makes a lot of money. All right. Real estate makes a lot of money. All right. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You got to get into something that makes a lot of money. You can't have an expectation of making a lot of money. And the field that you get in doesn't. There's no reasonable expectation of making a lot of money in that particular field. So, let me, but let me say real one quick. thing. That's what I would say. The brother said real estate, and um, there's so many different ways to get into real estate. You can um, find motivated sellers, get them in a contract uh, pending, uh, you know, fund availability, and you know, sell a contract, get it spread of like five thousand or something. Yusuf, I know, um, really, you know, he talks about how he got started in that there's other ways to get into real estate though <clears throat> if you have a friend if you have a family member your sister your brother your cousin and so on and so forth you can jump into the first time home buyer program it's a federal program and usually you want to do a co-borrower but the first time home buyer you can get a, a property up to four units so you can get a single a duplex a triplex or a fourplex <laughs> and that's just off your your first property. So if your first property is a is is a income producing asset, um, you're 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 off to a good start. So a lot of people, how do I get in real estate? How do I get in real estate, man? First time home buyer, up up to a fourplex. And I want everybody to know that you don't believe me? Check it out. It's federal, but you know. And then after two years, those rents are income. So if you keep your job for two years, get a property. You got your income from the job and you got the income from the rentals. You can qualify for another property. And it's, you know, wealth is perpetuated primarily through property and real estate. Let's just be honest. Primarily. Uh, and I would say this. Um, let's say you got a rental house you're renting out. I wouldn't rent out the house. I'd Airbnb it. Let's say Ooh. you got a property, got three bedrooms in it. Okay. And you rent it out for a thousand dollars a month. Okay, well, that same property could make $2,500 a month Airbnb. You know, so it's just like, you know, the things that you can do also to maximize whatever you, uh, what you already have as well. And, you know, you know uh, just things like that, you know, is, and that they're really getting, I, I may do a show on the Airbnb because that's something I'm involved in uh, right now uh, with that, uh, with some investors and things. But those are, you know, just some of the ways, there are many different ways of getting into real estate. Flipping so properties, uh, you know, rehabbing, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, subject to um, short sales. I mean, there, you know, I always say this: to be a real real estate investor, you should know how to acquire property ten different ways. Okay. A true real estate, <laughs> a true. I don't. I didn't look at the people who, like here in Atlanta, you had a lot of people who made money flipping houses between right, right around 2006 and 2010 made a lot of money, but I don't consider them real estate re- uh, investors. I consider them opportunists and, uh, you know, hustlers because the market allowed them to inflate appraisals, pull out money, and do all this kind of stuff. Then when they shut all that down, they weren't able to make money anymore. Well, they're not really, really, really wasn't a real, real estate investor. They should have been able to make money in any kind of market uh, because mm-hmm. in real estate investing, there is a uh, there is a maxim. If you can't make money without money, you can't make money with money. Well, that makes sense. I'm glad you guys are talking about that because uh, I, it's it's like the universe is, is actually talking to me because my my wife's um, uh, cousin 
is in real estate and she gives my wife these uh, i don't know what they call it mp something i guess it's a, it's a different listing of houses and then her her aunt also does real estate and oh, she's doing MLS. airbnb yes M- ml yeah mls so, so airbnb yeah. is going to be airbnb is the uber of houses and it's um you know, a lot of people who have properties now, they're switching over to that. I'm, you know, I'm working with some investors. We, that, that I'm working with a real estate developer who's actually developing properties just for that particular purpose. So, you know, it's, it's things, there are things that you can get into. Of course, you got to see, you know, um, see what the, uh, um, the ordinances are and things in, that are in your particular areas because some ordinances are against Airbnb and things like that. But, you know, it's just something, whatever field that you get into, you know, you need to study it and understand what it is that you're getting into. But it could be anything. It doesn't okay. have to be that. It's just whatever it is that you do, just master it, okay? Master something. And I'm speaking mostly to young people, if there are any young people listening right now. That would be my message to them. It's like master something. A lot of them just wandering around, you know, just aimlessly uh, like a like a boat on the ocean without a sail, you know, when, you know, you need to find the thing. And they, a lot of them just think they have to go to school. That 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 school thing, thinking I got to go to school, and then you get, they, they flunk out of school, and they think they got to go back to school when they're wasting their time. And then they get on YouTube and Instagram, and they waste their time bullshitting on Instagram and all and, and Facebook. I mean, anybody sees me, I don't, you know, I don't post, you know, my, I, I use all social media for business purposes. I've got time to be on fucking social media arguing with people throwing up selfies and all this bullshit. Uh, you know, I got things I got to do, you know what I'm saying? I got a life to live, you know, and these people, they are living vicariously in an artificial world. Front. Mm-hmm. Pictures of their food. But they take pictures yeah. of their food. It's they just, take a hundred pictures and post one. Buffoonery. It's yeah. buffoonery. It's weird. It's buffoonery is what it it's is. Weird. It's buffoonery. It's it's weird as hell, and they don't even see it. So you know, it's the thing. You got all these magnificent opportunities laid out before you. I, you live in a time where the entire world is networked together, where people That's in different countries can watch mm-hmm. you and listen to what you're doing. You know, they. I got people ringing my name in other countries I've never been to before. I'm like, wow. I sit back and think about that sometimes. I mean, if somebody send me an email, uh, yeah, we listen over here, over in. Such and such country, like what? You living with where? You know, I just wonder, can we do this over here in our country? I'm like, man, I don't know anything about your country, the laws <laughs> or anything like that. But it's just interesting that you know, it's like, man, what other time can you live in? And that's something else to think about. Like when you think about the Bible, it says the whole world will know the truth and then will come. Well, you live in a time right now where, in an instant, the whole world can know something. That is true. You live in yeah, that yeah, time. I was in line with what you're saying, uh, with exactly what Robert Kiyosaki was saying. Focus on one thing before you branch out. That's right. You know, because they got one of the biggest things I think misconceptions is multitasking. The mind doesn't. The reason that they're saying that because there's a principle behind it. The mind works by focus on one thing. Okay, anything that has, that anything that is narrowed down to one point becomes a force. Like water through a water hose becomes a force. Sunlight through a magnifying glass becomes a force. Thought 
the concentrated into one point becomes a force. So anything that allows to accumulate itself and is directed through one point becomes a force. And thought is the uh, most powerful force in the universe. And if you can direct that thought by focusing it on one point, it becomes a force. But a lot of people, their thoughts vacillate back and forth and are all over the place, and they're not able to focus, and they want to be distracted. They want to be entertained. Um, They want to be humored and things like that because they don't like their own thoughts. They don't like, they don't want to think. It's why people, it's where they say, they say you want somebody else to think for you, okay? When thought, everybody, I'm not better than nobody else. I was given the same apparatus that everybody else was given. I was given a brain and a mind, all right, to go along with it. And everybody has the same thing, and everybody has access to the mental reservoir of the Akashic Records, or whatever you want to call it, you want to use the Hindu term, I, that reservoir of thought that, that contains all of the thoughts that have ever been created all through history and everything, you have access to that. But you got to vibrate. And now here's one of the secrets, though. you got to vibrate higher because mm-hmm. the ideas are on a higher frequency. But the food you're eating, things you're doing is causing your frequency to vibrate at a very low frequency. It's just like a radio station. So a lot of people aren't getting ideas it's because their health, it doesn't allow them to. You have to vibrate higher. And for the men out there, you have to retain your sperm. All right? You have to retain your sperm. You have to retain. Stop giving your sperm to these, these women. All right? A woman should be deserving of your sperm. All right? You just don't give your sperm to each and every woman. And you retain it. You retain it because that is the vital energy. That's the vital force. Right, that will allow you to vibrate higher and to the level of a genius. But the more you, the more you expend it, the dumber you are. That, that's also a form of dumbing down. And it was a plan for that. That's where you're being inundated with pornography. Because so, it is so, a okay, tool so to keep you dumbed down. I want, I want to, uh, uh, a question on that. So let's say with your, um, you have, you're married. Um, would you... Uh, you know, you want to ejaculate with your wife, or I mean, if I would never. Yeah. Really, you should only be ejaculating if you want to create a child. You can ejaculate without, or you can orgasm without ejaculating. But that's something that yeah, you have yeah. to learn how to do, and and you can yeah. learn how to do it. Breath control, um, breathing is a, a very important aspect of something. If you notice when you get ready to orgasm, you hold your breath. Right, you got to learn how to start breathing once you feel that urge to orgasm coming on it takes practice it takes practice okay but you got to learn how to do that also it's not um having sex with a woman and orgasming uh the orgasm in her is not dirty when you masturbate is the is the very um uh, uh what they call onism i think it's called something like that that is what's really really uh, damaging to you it's very very da- and you feel it you feel dirty, you know, you feel depleted, you know, you can feel it, but sometimes you can orgasm in a woman and feel energized because you can take her energy from her and she'll be, you know, sometimes you take her, your energy from her. That happens, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. But these are things that you got to learn how to retain your vital energy because your vital energy 
is an important component in your success. You need the energy also to become successful as well. You need energy, okay? You got to get you through those long nights without getting tired. And for those ideas where you have clarity of thought, you know, for out there being this fog in your mind and things like that, these are things that are necessary for you to have. So, you know, it's a, more, it's a lot more. When people talk about the law of attraction, um, they leave out a lot of things that they don't tell people. Um, and, you know, you can think things, but you need a battery also to supercharge whatever it is that you're doing. There's a supercharger that comes along with that, and that's with men. Men are the protectors and the providers. Women shouldn't really even be out there doing a lot of stuff that they don't. All right? They just have to do it by necessity. All right? But that, that is something by us. We are the masculine principle, and the masculine principle is the active principle, and the female principle is the passive principle. They are the manifestors. They are the gateway uh, to manifestation, and we are the active principle that is the, um, the uh, impetus for all of that, the catalyst. Uh, for that particular so process be the, begins in the masculine would that be the positive would that be the positive that'd be the positive uh, pole that'd be the positive pole negative pole doesn't okay. mean negative in a bad sense it just means receptive no, yeah, yeah. like you have to be in a negative state of mind to be hypnotized right that means you have to be receptive okay if you're not in that and that's also they say um you know you ever hear god tell you you know, man, he got um, he got in your feelings and all of this and everything. If a man say something about you and you start feeling a certain kind of way, uh, they said that's feminine and everything because you allowed something to uh, some, a masculine principle to enter to uh, to invade you and everything. And a lot of people try to do that, try to test your masculinity by trying to get you upset or control you. Uh, I guess that would be another way of saying it. By trying to just say negative things and do negative things, and trying to as a as a attempt to control you when you don't have to allow that to happen at all. You know, you have you know, like it says in the book of Proverbs, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. The word heart in that instance is talking about your mind. And you get an Oxford Unabridged Dictionary and look up that word and see what that's talking about. We're talking about the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is feminine, and you have to be when you provide and protect throughout the masculine principle. That's what it's talking about. You provide for the subconscious mind and you protect the subconscious mind you don't allow just any and everything into your subconscious mind okay but you have to be the director of that but the subconscious mind will allow something outside of you to to impregnate her as well but you got to protect her and allow only your thoughts your ideas your goals and everything to impregnate your subconscious mind and bring that manifestation into the world okay that's the principle of the law of attraction what it's talking about but thought your ideas are important, and, and the how is not important. How you're going to do something is not important. What is important is the what. What do you want? What are your goals? All right? No one knows how they're going to do anything because you can't predict the future. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or anything like that. Don't worry about the how. Worry about the what and allow the law of allowance, the universe, to provide you with the how. Okay. Okay. Th- thank you so much. I, I we got about uh, we got about eighteen minutes left in the caller. Thanks, caller. Um, but we're gonna hey, go to the next you. caller. This man. is Wasabi Ninja, by the way. This is, this is Wasabi Ninja, by the way. Yusuf, yes. You probably yeah, see me on YouTube. Oh, okay. You probably see me. Right. Um, yeah, it's Wasabi Ninja. Hey, okay, I, appreciate right, I, I have seen you. I have seen you. Yeah. Okay. What's up? What's up? <laughs> good to meet you. Good to <laughs> thank, meet thank you. you. Good to meet you. You too. Thank uh, you're you. welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you both. All right. You still logged in, or you step away? 
I'm still loud. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, right. I'm driving. I forgot. Yeah. You know, I, I forgot. <laughs> I mean, oh, I can do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you got me driving and everything. You know, I can, you know, I came to the house. You know, man, you drive me around. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got. Hold on. I got it. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Get back in. All right. Let's see where we at now. We gonna go to. Right there, I muted myself. Let's go over to uh, let's see where we're gonna go next. Uh, let's dip over here. Let's do 303 303 3353. I know you've been waiting a long time. What's happening? 303 3353. All right, move on. Okay, let's go to, uh, let's dip down to, let's see, area code 252-9442. Peace, peace. 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 What's happening? What's happening? No, nah, I just want to say peace to the show, man. I'm glad y'all did this, man. I was really impressed with it. Uh, just do it again, man. You can go to the next call. I just want to say I enjoy y'all, man. Keep doing what y'all do, man. Appreciate it. Oh, right. also, one thing I want to say is that, yeah, I really enjoy the joint because, you know, it feels good to be a fan of something again. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are fan of sports, people are fan of this, but it feels real good that you can tune in somebody like, yo, you know, I kind of dig this, right? It's pretty cool. So I just want to appreciate y'all for that. <laughs> I appreciate Thanks, that, man. bro. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I like that. That was a nice little perspective, you know. Yes. Um, seven one eight eighty ninety two. You're on the line. Hey, what's up? I'm gonna tell you what's on my mind. How you doing, Yusuf? How, How you doing, doing so well? It's me, down from New York. All right. Hope you come no, back out to Newark work. soon, um, Yusuf. Hey, listen. Um, when it comes time to doing business, um, is it a way to do business like you know? doing business in a, a chess way or a checkers way and the same thing in public and private. You know, some people play chess and some people play checkers. So, um, is it, you know, well, yeah. a way to do? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, as far as, you know, if you are uh, an astute businessman, um, you have to learn things like the business, the business aspect of chess would be public and private. How do you do business totally in the private? Okay. Uh, can you do that? You know, that would be the chess part of it. Checkers, would, to me, would be learning how to do business in the public and the private and learning how to mitigate your tax liability. Okay? That's a, uh, that is an area I think that is not discussed enough. A lot, you hear a lot of these um, people saying, well, they're trying to avoid paying taxes. Well, to me, you don't understand how this game works and everything. It's public and private. I understand tax law is public law. Okay? And it's it's probably pretty tough to totally avoid having some type of contact in the public, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that's something bad. As long as you do everything in a business way, you set up everything to a business, you can mitigate your tax liability. Call a tax write off. You can write off your taxes and things like that. Um, so yes, there is chess and checkers to uh, business, but I think that if you want me to put it in my own terms, I would say. Doing checkers is learning how to do business in the public, and playing chess is learning how to do business in the private. It's a lot more difficult to do business totally in the private than it is in the public. 
now doing business and um, playing chess in the private. Um, are some people scared or like if they know what they're doing, they're never scared like that? I mean, some people. I don't think they're scared. You know, they go to work. I don't think they're scared. I just don't think they've been introduced to the concept. I, you know, I wasn't introduced to it. The average person you meet on the street thinks there is only things totally in the public because that's all they've been acclimated to. So it is something yeah, foreign to them. It is something foreign to them. But, I mean, you know, people here all the time, you got private rights. You have a right to privacy, you know. That's your right to privacy. We're talking about rights right now, you know. You got a right to do business in the private. But go ahead. Hey, I love your... I love you guys. I'm going to let you take the next call, all right? You'll stay strong and live long. All right, bro. All right. Appreciate it, man. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next caller. Yeah, I mean, you know, doing business, you know, I, I like his analogy, you know, chess and checkers. But, you know, that's the first thing that came to my mind is like, hey, you know, you can do business in the public and the private. I, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's good and evil you know, I'm not a proponent of good and evil. But uh, let's go 929-4056. 929-4056. Peace, my brother, Saul L. Peace, my brother, yourself. My brother, yourself, you brought the knowledge tonight. I want to thank you for the platform, for all the different communities that are calling in and listening and trying to learn. The thing that you left with me two years ago was the public and private, natural laws, God's laws, positive laws, man-made laws, the right to the well-founded claim, our inherited right. You explained the difference between substantial law, public law, constitutional law, criminal law, administrative law, international law. And you made it clear public law is government. You went into procedural law, remedial law, private law, contract law, tort law, status law, (laughs) and property law. But the thing that stuck out the most that made everything click for me was when you went into the injunction of the Constitutional Bills of Rights, the articles, and you said, that the military shall always be in strict subordination in the civil power. And when you said that, and you said if you don't know anything else, make sure you stay honorable at all times, separate the private from the public. And I listened yeah. to you clearly that day in New Jersey when my brother Darrell brought me. And mm-hmm. when I went forward after that meeting with you, my brother, I haven't looked back. You gave the right instruction to my brother, Saul L. He's been honorable. He's been noble. He's been to the letter. And one thing I can say from what I've met from both of y'all is no BS. It's real. You give it to us straight from the hip. Either we take it or we don't. Like you said, it's not about college. It's about doing better for yourself. Don't get onto rules and regulations of others. Do it for yourself. From that right. walk with you, from that instruction, I started a lot of business. 
I'm starting to be mindful of my behaviors, my whatever that I'm doing that I used to do in the public. I have a different mindset. Now, when I go to that nine to five, I'm about becoming private and transitioning. My whole mindset has completely did a 360. Got into public. I, I went into private training. I'm doing what I got to do because what I realize is is a bigger picture. It's not the public. It's about the private. I'm not a public commercialized slave any longer. I'm transitioning out. It's just a matter of time. That's why when I call into this show every week, I try to remind my brothers and sisters and all the different communities that's calling in. It's not about working for others. It's about working for yourself and your family. My brother Yusufel, you keep doing the right thing because the ancestors are definitely carrying you. Brother Saul you, you already know you're doing the good work. And the ancestors are definitely carrying you. Don't worry, a lot more is coming you guys' way. Just keep doing the right <coughs> thing. Like you said, we are gods. We are right. royalty, kings and queens. We are not anything less than. Everybody's imitating our lifestyle. They're trying to learn from us. The thing they don't understand is they can't learn from us. Unless you've been through the struggles like us, unless you've paved the way like us, you will never understand us. Kings and queens, get into your status. My brother, I thank you again. It's love for you and for my brother Solal. Peace, kings and queens. Wake yourselves up. Thank you, sister. Peace. 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 Good, good. Oh, thank you. Boy, that just made me just feel all blue inside, you know. <laughs> Good to hear the feminine energy come through. Thank you, my sister. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. We both do. We work hard, and it is good to hear people appreciate the work that we put in. I, I, I just want to thank that sister so much for that. Let me go on to the next call, 720-9912. You're on the line. <laughs> Hello? 720 Erico. Yeah, you're on the air, bro. Peace, King. How you doing? All right, bro. Good, good. How about yourself? Good, good. Not bad, not bad. Um, just had a couple questions. Uh, one, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little under the weather. It's sounding a little clogged up. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, about, I'll say about a month ago, I uh, signed up on your, your program. So the Secure Party creditors is going through the process. First of all, I just want to right. say thank you for the level of value that you bring, brother. You're very detail-oriented, and I sincerely, deeply appreciate you for that. I just wanted to first say that because you definitely set yourself apart from everybody else as far as the level of detail <clears throat> and the quality you put in. Thank so you. I appreciate you for thank that. You. Um, thank you. So I'm still in the administrative process of uh, just did my, my UCC one. I'm about to right. uh, file um, all my paperwork for my first uh, shipment for my package. In the midst, in the meantime, um, I have not, as of right now, dived into the the trust course 
I wanted to ask, I'm still working at this time um, and embarking on a a new job, unfortunately. Um, But um, I have a W-4 to fill out. And so I just wanted to know, I know that I already have my 9-8 number and the E-State number, corporation number. So I just wanted to know, should I reserve and hold off until, um, um, as far as putting on the uh, W-4 for the employment as far, should I should I hold off on uh, putting my you, mean, you know social security you number, know. or should I can go ahead and and put one of my, my, okay, my W four is the employee for allowance. Um, I, I ain't really my age. Right. Do you want to answer that, uh, Sadell? Because I I don't know how to answer that question. You know, you want to answer? He said, that? <laughs> he said you, you said <laughs> you did you said okay. So what are you asking about your employer? Right, so basically, see, that's why I don't know the answer to it because I, I, you know, I ain't had no job. But I don't know how long. Right, so right, and that's right. Knowing that stuff right there, but go ahead. <laughs> right, yeah. So basically, no, it was it's the allowance form. You, you're correct, and I, and I and I told them, you know, basically that I wanted to do, you know, business and in, 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 in commerce up under my my trust name, uh, or business, you know, uh, entity. Right, uh, but. And uh, they were very, they understood exactly what I was saying. It wasn't even though. But my question is, um, does that affect the secure party, you know, creditor process as far as um, if that hasn't been done, as far as, you know, properly been put on, on, on notice? You, you got to um, yeah, have or does the that, right Or is that something that doesn't really matter? You got to have the right entity, man. So I'm sure they understand what you're doing, man. Yeah. But, like, you're going right. to go from employee to to a contractor. And if you don't have a contractor, like a, exactly. an, some sort of trust, or some sort of um, corporation, it's not going to work out. They exactly they'll set right. you as a contractor, but you're still going to have the social, which means um, they ain't going to be withholding. So you're going to open yourself up for you know uh, possible uh, tax uh, exposure because they're not withholding, and you know you're getting more right. money, but you're not paying the taxes and stuff. So unless you have some sort of structure, a trust, or a corporation, um, um, right. transitioning to a contractor position isn't very advantageous in my opinion but I'm not giving legal advice I'm okay. not an attorney I can't do that I'm in the not yeah me neither no, I don't give tax advice yeah. but the thing about it is the only thing in listening to what you're saying is you may can defer <gasps> those taxes in some kind of way and maybe in, invest right. those funds and then you know but at some point you're going to be obligated to some sort of tax you know the way, right. from what I understand about it and so forth and that's probably would right. be my approach to it, how I could defer the taxes and then, you know, uh, invest that money, you know, redirect those funds into some sort of investment uh, where that's they could improve. And then, you know, once my tax obligation became uh, due, you know, you're going to have to take care of your taxes, man. You know, one thing, anybody who listens to me, I'm not no tax protester. I think tax neither, protesters right. don't understand public and private. They don't, that's right, definitely. I don't right. understand and I was doing that because I just I didn't know that if that was the, you know, as far as separating yourself and getting things out of your name, you know, the corporation name versus, you know, your your, your you know separate identity. So yeah, but know, see the I, thing I, about I it is those fund, that income uh, those funds are originating within the, through that social security number. So right, so you got to you got to flip that. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. is that yeah. that's the problem? Is a minimum contact with the United States. You know, right. it's not. Listen, that, let me say this, because he asked me okay. about the secure party. It's not affecting the secure party process. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the right. the IRS. The IRS really don't give a fuck about too much, other than right. did this originate in the United? I did a I did a webinar with an IRS agent. I don't know if it, many of y'all know that. 
and what I had currency circulator. And we talked, and she was surprised, understood that because I understand I read tax law all the time. Does it originate yeah. within the United States? You got to understand what within oh. the United States means. That's it. Right. You know, it, it yeah. you know, it's form versus substance. When you look at trust law, the IRS goes by form versus substance. We know you formed right. a trust. That sounds all good. What's the substance right. of your transactions? That's what we're looking at. Okay. Right. That, that's what we're going to uh, attach tax liability to. Okay. Is there some sort of minimum yeah. contact where we can get in? And most of the cases, when you start reading them, it's going to be dealing with the IRS commissioner. Okay. A lot Who of wins a most lot of the time. The majority of them are going to be. They're going to deal with the IRS commission, and he wins most of the time uh, because they know what they're doing, and they understand mm-hmm. public and private. Right. They understand what right. the hell they're doing, you know. And most of these people coming in and say, you form a trust, you don't have to pay taxes. They don't get the people arrested and stuff like that because that's why I brought that right. chart out with public and private. When yeah, I, I understood that, that, yeah. that changed everything for me and made me see everything with a clear eye. Okay, what I'm dealing with, even with the Constitution, yeah. Constitution is public law. It don't have no. It, the Constitution ain't in the private. I heard, nope. I heard uh, Judge Scalia have to tell um, Diane um, Feinstein that, and they were getting in, and she was talking about women's rights and everything like that, trying to come down on him. Talking about, uh, um, um, uh, they were having a discussion about uh, uh, discriminating against women. And he, he said, well, you said X, Y, and Z. He had to check. He said, look, the Constitution don't say nothing about pri- discriminating privately. You can discriminate right. privately. Constitution, right. the, the Constitution is prevent people from discriminating in the public. Public. Not right. in the private. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And that's a lot of people. You made a video about that. In, yeah, people picking in and protesting, they don't know. You know, I right. saw Ben Shapiro, he, he had a discussion where he was at a university, he was trying to educate a brother, and a brother, he was telling him, look, this is a private university, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.